You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. From downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny everything you need to start your trading day. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Friday edition of Benzinga's Free Market Prep. Spencer Israel, Joel Conan, Dennis Dick had to take a phone call, but he'll be on with us in a second. Um... What do you guys want to talk about? I mean, we could talk about like stodgy stuff. What you're what you're cooking on for Memorial Day weekend? What you week- doing? We can talk about our weekend plans, where we're gonna go, what we're gonna grill, who we're gonna see, or we could just talk about meme stocks, baby. AMC, <laughs> GameStop, Beyond Meat. Let's go. All the meme stocks today of Fubo. Um, anything with a short interest, a high short interest, Nikola, BlackBerry, Nokia, Workhorse, Ride, uh, <laughs> I mean, all, all of them, all of them, Overstock, all of them. Let's talk all the high short interest stocks. We have some other things on our radar, like uh, like Salesforce and Costco, and I want to get on Apple for a second and Palantir. I uh, also want to hit on this crazy GOED. Did you all see that yesterday? It was insane. Um, I think it got as high as $21. I think that was in the pre-market. Yeah, it was. Uh, and it's now uh, back down to a dollar this morning. Uh, they priced an offering overnight. Um, but a lot to get to on our show. Uh, a few guests on the docket for today. First up, we'll have Marcus Heidcarter from Rockwell Trading on the show at 835. Uh, I hope we'll have Jason Rasnick on the show at 9. Uh, and then at 9:20, I'm going to stay on a little bit, a little bit longer today. At 9:20, I'm going to have James Seifert from Bloomberg Intelligence on the show, and that'll take us into the open, and we'll go from there. Uh, Joel, why don't you share your charts for us? Oh yeah. And um, oh, here's Den- Dennis. Good morning. Welcome. What's Thank you for having us. I was just saying we could talk about like your weekend plans. We could talk about what you're going to grill. You know going out in the lake or i guess you can't do that now but um whatever you, or we could talk about goed and all the craziness and the meme stocks so they actually started reopening ontario a little bit we open golf courses now and you can go on your boat now so there's a few things you can do now good 
Good. We're getting there. We're getting there. Good. I get vaccinated on, I think, Monday. So Pfizer or Moderna, because we got rid of the AstraZeneca one too now. So Canada kind of followed your lead. So. Is it like a any mini money mo? You get to like just choose like that, or where I it? don't. I don't think I have a choice. I think they kind of just give me what they give me. But um, I know it's. I think I don't think the J and J J and J is allowed in Canada, but I don't think it's widely out there yet. Moderna and Pfizer are everywhere. So Pfizer is the most prevalent one, I believe, in Ontario. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm assuming it's going to be the Pfizer, but Moderna, uh, I've had some friends get the Moderna shot here too. So I don't care. I just want to get vaccinated and get back to normal. All right. Let's uh, let's run down the markets, the S&Ps, and then I got a couple quick service announcements. Uh, first of all, Spoo's Wild Clothes up 14 and a half at 42.13.50. Crude up 40 cents at 67 and a quarter. We have gold down 510 at 1890, 1893.40. Silver in the red by 23 cents at 27.71. Bitcoin, that volatile little puppy, is down $3,140 at $36,007 and a quarter. Ethereum going the same direction, down $303 and at uh, $2,477. Two quick service announcements. First, this is my 32nd wedding anniversary today. I, uh, okay. I just want a, a round of applause for Lisa for putting up. Congratulations, Lisa. And I, I got to quit Joel for that long. Well, we met. We met five years before that so we met in 84 uh real quick for a gift i always get what you're supposed to get like the traditional thing but for 32 they don't have anything so what i got her is this personalized poster and it said you know joel Conan and lisa married on this day and it gives you the president the tv shows the price of gas the movies who oh, won nice. the oscars so I got that hiding. I did get in a so, fight. So now with that you've told everybody, is she going to know this too? Before you no, to her? she's not watching, Dennis. <laughs> she's not watching. She's, she's, yeah, well, my wife doesn't watch the show either. <laughs> he's got to have a, someone's got to have a real job in his family. And I got into it with the customer service person. because. Oh, no. I, yes, I did. Because I in 1989, Michigan won the Rose Bowl. They won the national championship in basketball. And the Pistons won the uh, the NBA championships, and, and I simply wanted that to be the sports on there. And I and I actually got in a fight. They canceled my order. I had to call. I had to apologize. And then it got actually got delivered last night while she was here, but I was able to get it off the porch. So that that's my anniversary thing. The second thing is a new thing starting on Monday. Uh, but, excuse me, Tuesday. Tuesday. I've been getting a lot of requests for tickers, uh, DM after the show. I can't do them all. I'm just a slow typer. There's too many. So starting on Tuesday uh, on premarketprep.com, I'm going to do a 9 to 9.30 ticker time. And I am going to rip through everything. I won't have to type. I'm going to go through your stocks, sign up. And I'll get to your stocks. I'll cover the pre-market. Also, people are asking a lot about commodities, and I do chart commodities. So it's just going to be a jam-packed half hour. I'm going to do that. And then uh, at 1030, I'm going to be working with Rob Friesen. We're going to do 1030 to 11. That's going to be free. Stock odds. We're going to build up an army of Dennis Dicks out there. 
no. of traders <laughs> from Bright Trade. I don't know if you want more than one Dennis Dick out there. Yeah, but anyways. <laughs> my wife would say she wouldn't want more than one out there. <laughs> All right. I've taken up a lot of the time, but that site should be late, uh, live later today. So you guys check that out, premarketprep.com. Dennis, what did you do on the close yesterday? I was going to ask that same question. The close. Dennis was in down dirty in Uber, I think. It, I did actually. I did trade Uber on the close. It was an insane close. Um, we had a we had a rebalance. Yeah. So there was a lot of movement on the close, and I just give you bring up the Uber chart on the closing. Oh, so I actually was trading this, and this was wild. It had nine million to sell. So it was all off in balances on the close. But you can see that close that 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 last two minutes. It had nine million to sell with about a minute and a half or two minutes to go. And they just start tanking the stock because this thing's going to gap down huge if there's really nine million to sell. And it went from fifty-one down to a low there, forty-eight seventy-two. It then flipped, flipped. to three million it. to buy. And then they went, oh, no, the algos grab it because the algos are hitting it down. The algos grab it back up and it goes all the way up. So I end up getting short the close because um, I, you know, because it was the gap up on the close. It would have got me on my gap program. Um, and then I, I covered it literally about a minute later at 50.30. So I made a quick 40 cents in the after hours. Um, so I'm out of it now. But I mean, just this kind of movement there. Yeah, this is this is my bread and butter. I see stuff like this. I'm going to take try to take advantage of it as much as I can, you know, providing liquidity into these gaps. I bought Procter & Gamble, PG. You can see what it did in the last few minutes. I've already sold it. I sold it after hours for the quick 50 cent flip. Um so, you know, but it went from 138 where it was trading early in the day and 137, 136 and leaked all day. I had a big sell on balance gap down kind of on the close. It ran down more on the close. Um, and then there was other ones like Google. Look at G-O-O-G. Holy cow. Look at the last couple minutes in this one and the last few seconds in this Why one. Why do people put these orders 2430. Well, it's, it's rebalancing, Rachel. So they're, oh, trying that's right. the that's closing, right. they're trying to get the closing price. So they're just too big. So the liquidity providers, there's just not enough of them. You know, I'll provide liquidity into it, but there's not enough of them. And the stock prices will really move. eBay had a big move. I wrote a bunch of them down for you here. eBay lost $2 in the last five minutes, 61.50 to 59.50. Look at that big candle there. These were all just off the rebalance. No individual company news on these, just moving off of the rebalance. I typically fade those moves. KMB went in the opposite direction. It ran up. You know, here's Kimberly Clark. His stock moves 50 cents sometimes all day. Moves a dollar and a half in the last few minutes. I did get short up there. Covered it after hours already for a quick 50 cents. So you can see, I'm like, you know, just quickly flipping out of these because I'm like, okay, well, it's probably going to come back in fairly quickly. And they do often after hours. So I was able to get out of all of these trades, um, you know, and, ma and make a little bit of money. So um, that's what, you know, these are inefficiencies that I talk about on the show, inefficiencies that I try to exploit. So anyways, that's, I just want um, to point out that you didn't go for the bait. You didn't. And that's and that's why you, you do well on these. Like you could have went for the uh, in the Uber. You know, you just kind of like, wow, that's a big, you know, you just waited and then it flipped because that we were watching it. Spencer brought it up and I'm like. It must, you know, Spencer caught the rebalance, and I go, I wonder if there was a flip on this. And that was that's, yeah, that's that's uh, that's some good trade in there, Triple D, just to to ride that out all the volatility. But well, I'm not in it at that point in time. I'm just getting it exact, on the close. So, right. um, so that's why. And sometimes people will do that. They'll say, okay, well, I think this is going to flip, and take a gutsy call, and you could have. If it wouldn't have flipped though, you'd get run over. So it depends on how much, you know, it, they, I had a feeling inclination that it wasn't going to, when it dropped the two bucks, that it wasn't going to keep dropping. But at the same time, you don't know if that imbalance is for real. Like I've seen stocks 
on rebalances go down two dollars and gap down four on the close so if you're buying that too you're like boom like i can remember getting filled on uh what was it, like two years ago there was some type of rebalance and i got filled on so many stocks but it was like unh gap down 15 points on the closing print. So it ran down like three or four and then gap down like another 10 on the closing print. So if you're buying it when it falls to three or four saying it's going to bounce back, well, what if that imbalance doesn't change and it really is real and it really does gap down? So in this case, it flipped, but they don't always flip. So I always just kind of provide liquidity. I put the LOC where I talk about this limit on close order where I'm filled on the closing print only or the order cancels. And then that limits my risk. Like like on the Procter & Gamble, my price was much higher than that. My PG price to buy was probably like 135 and change. Um, but I get filled because you know the, the thing ran down into it. So, I mean, at a certain point when they start running down, that's when I'll throw out an LOC order and say, okay, if it's really going to close down here, I'll buy it down here because it's probably going to bounce back at least a little bit. Um, Coke, you know, Coke was another one. What did you put? What was your limit? What was your limit? I can't remember, Joe. I used an algorithm too, right? (laughs) Yeah. So so I'm just gathering that it was probably higher than that because I sent it with like a minute to go, but I used an algorithm on some of this pricing. So I I probably sent like, I don't know, a hundred stocks out there, maybe more. There might've been, and then I was, and then I was cherry picking some too, like Uber where I'm like, I can see it because I'm looking at the imbalances. So I'm like literally, man. so I'm using an algorithm and I'm also manually trading some too. So, and they all worked out. I think I've had 100% winners on every imbalance. And, I and you, you don't fall in love with these. These are not like- They're these flips, are, yeah. yeah. yeah these but are, I would hold it overnight if I need, if it wasn't coming back in the way I wanted it to. I'm not going to, you know, sometimes there's follow through and it's going to continue to go. And then you got to be careful on that too. So again, it's all about risk management to a certain extent, understanding- that just because you know that, that has a, a sell and bounce and goes down doesn't mean it can't continue to go down further. I mean, stocks can still do anything, but there's a high probability that it's going to bounce back at least a little bit there and give you an out. So, what so, about yeah, today? So what about today? What about today? On some of these stocks, I typically fade the move. So if you saw an over outside move, and remember, you've got the market trading up. So that's going to have an impact as well. But, you know, on a stock like Procter & Gamble or KMB, KMB went one way. They're a similar company. KMB went one way. PG went the other. I would expect PG to be up and KMB to be down. Um, You you basically have a PG fall of two bucks and a KMB rise of two bucks. That's $4 out for a pair trader there. So I don't think it comes back in all the way. But is it out of the realm of possibilities to think you can make two if you put it on? Not, not. So KMB's down 12 cents, PG's up 60. So it's already 70 cents it's come back if you're just looking at the two stocks against each other. But I mean, it, could it come another buck or two? It could. You know, typically these things get, you know, some of it back, but they don't always get all of it back. So it depends how, how much. And, you know, and they're still free trading and there's still, you know, could be news. It could be a number of other things, but you're just paying, playing probabilities. Well, I also, I also was talking about uh, today's the end of the month. Uh, is it? No, it's not. Yes, it is. Mon- yeah. Monday. Monday's the end of the month. You, you're working Monday? We're not. We're, we're not here. Oh, Monday. my goodness. You're right. Yeah, that's right. I forgot. It's a holiday. So, yeah. So today is the end of the month. Good call, Joel. So you could see some wildfireworks here again. Actually, I did not realize that. I was thinking it was Monday because the 31st is Monday, but it's a holiday. That's a late. That's the latest it can be, eh? Yeah. For for Memorial Day. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I, I totally forgot about it, actually. Because remember, Canada had Victoria Day last month or last Monday. So we already had our holiday. So, yeah. Wait, a question, a uh, good one here from Clinton Rhodes. Uh, I guess this is referring to Uber. It could be referring to anything, though. How do you see those moves coming so fast? Do you, like, you have a scanner, right? That's That's what. Uh, I, I, I do. I can run a scanner. 
which um, I run 300 S&P stocks and that I have a, I have a couple, I have multiple scanners that are looking for it. Yeah. But I also just have on my screen, I have about 150 of the biggest S&P stocks and it's showing me the imbalances. The imbalances come out at 350. And, and 10 again, minutes before the close. And then again, this is, this is a data fee that any, that you can pay. Anybody can pay for this. This is a, the, the, yeah, the, I get a free through Ready Plus. Right. Um, that's my broker. You get a free through Interactive Brokers too. You can get this information through Interactive Brokers. Is it on Robinhood? I highly doubt it. No. Um. So, so you, it, this is where if you're you're with a discount broker and you're trading for free, you're probably not getting as much information as you might get on a full service brokerage. So IB does though. Interactive Brokers. I'm not sure if Interactive Brokers Lite has it, but I'm on Interactive Brokers Pro. IBKR Pro has that information. I don't use it there. Um, because I have it in my ready, and it's, it's, I feel like it's cleaner in my ready. Right. But, I mean, this information is provided by the exchanges. The reason they give this information is they're saying, we got a huge seller in Uber. We need some help. They're advertising to professional traders out there. We need liquidity providers. We need somebody to come in willing to buy this stock on the close because we got a massive seller. And I see that. I'm like, okay, I'll provide liquidity because I don't think Uber should be gapping down two bucks. And obviously, it flipped, and then you know, and sometimes these things just get crowded and over oversubscribed to. Like some people say, oh, it's fake. Well, a lot of times it's just not fake. It's just flipped. It gets crowded, and people put more orders in there. They see somebody to buy, and with the algos, and you have other professional traders coming in saying, I'll offset that, and the actually offsets all of a sudden is bigger than what the original order was, and the stock can flip and go the other way. So there's lots of different dynamics, but yes, you can subscribe to this information. The, obviously, the the NYSE feed, um, and and maybe there, and there's also other you know pr- providers of this information out there too. I know Rosenblatt has a product that right, you, know, you that they that can before. sell as well. So which I've given you know if, if you don't have it through your own broker, but I mean, ask your broker. Yeah. And folks, please, please. I mean, this is great information that Dennis is giving you, but this is you know. This is a very difficult thing to do. And if you want to start doing it, I would suggest starting very small, or I don't know if you can even paper trade it, but it's, you know, there, there's opportunity there, but there's also a lot of risk. And you also have to be willing to, you know, take the trade home overnight. So it's a great strategy. It's just, it just takes a while to learn and, it. Yep. And then, and then Ben K is asking uh, if, if this, question too is the rebalancing a scheduled event i.e can you predictably plan for it? it the first part of the question yes scheduled event can you plan yep. for it no because it's impossible to know how they're gonna fl- flip like this into the close right well i mean the russell's the greatest example i mean right. the biggest day where you see the craziest events is on the fourth friday in june where the russell does its rebalance and that's the big one mm-hmm. and you know you can say oh these are the ads and these are the deletes and sometimes traders will try to get ahead of it but I have seen it go the other way on the on the close where they're just over they're crowded and the ads all go down, the deletes all go up, and you're like, what the hell happened? Mm-hmm. So to just, you know, say, okay, it's got it. Like, I mean, you think about the Tesla. The Tesla worked out textbook where they had to buy and the stock went up. It doesn't always work that way though. Sometimes they have to buy and the stock, there's just more sellers. People have got so far ahead of it trying to get ahead of the trade that they actually overwhelm and overnumber. The, the original buyer, and then it can actually go the other way. So I've seen the Russell go both ways, where you have the ads go up you know, on the close, which you would logically think they would, but I've also seen the ads go down on the close. So the way I trade it, which I feel like is a safer way, is I fade the moves. If I see a stock gapping down 10% on the closing print, I'll buy it. You know, and hoping to flip it out either after hours or the next morning. I'm not scared to hold overnight. We know I do a lot of overnight trading. But again, you know, if you're only doing one of these stocks, maybe you're going to get in the one that continues to go. As you put more and more on, there's a quantitative edge there, right? 
So that's why, you know, one, you know, at Bright Trading, I have uh, access to a lot of capital. So I can throw out 100 orders, you know, like how much margin are you using when you're doing that? It's a whole lot of money. So, I mean, you've got to have, you know, the, the, the capital behind you to be able to provide liquidity. Can you cherry pick one or two? Sure you can. But then you have, you know, you know, not not the law of large numbers working in your favor. As you, if you have an edge on a strategy that's fifty-two percent, just like the casino, and you play the game once, well, there's a forty-eight percent chance that you're going to lose. Uh, but if you put that edge in again and again and again and again, hundreds and thousands of times, the odds of you losing continues to diminish. It's just the law of large numbers, with, and that's your edge. So that's why with my edges, I try to employ them more and more and more, and you know, overall, it should work itself out. So and that's we, why I'm fairly we, consistent. We would talk about the Russell rebalance uh, next Friday because that's when they release their first list of like, like we think these are the stocks we want to add to our indexes and these are the stocks we want to remove from our indexes. And again, Dennis said that's that's sort of like the big rebalance every year. Uh, it happens in the last Friday of June, but they put the list out the first Friday of June. So yeah. we'll, we'll talk about that next a week from today. And there's anticipatory traders that already know that list. I mean, all it is is ranking, right, by market cap. So they just came and they rank and they say, okay, well, this company's in. It's going in. This company has fallen significantly. It's going out. So it's not rocket science. So there's the people who already basically know that list before that list comes out by figuring it out. This trade, you know, all the major brokerages put out Russell Research, too. You know, and you see this research coming out as early as January trying to predict five months out and they'll say you know there's you know this 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 trade where you know these ads tend to drift up for months ahead of the russell and trend the deletes trend tend to drift down for months ahead of the of 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 the rebalance so um you know and there may be some quantitative edges to that too i've never traded it that far ahead myself but i know there's traders and quant traders that do that and they make money doing that so I kind of just, you know, I, I do so many different strategies. I, I play it the day of, and maybe I used to play it a couple of days before too, but the, the couple of days before is more random. I just like the fade trade on the close. <laughs> but I mean, it doesn't always work out. Sometimes you can be the wrong way and sometimes things can have follow through. So nothing is 100%. With traders, okay. you just work with- A hey, good know. question here, and then yeah. we're going to get to some stocks. Uh, someone's asking me, how would you trade uh, Trade Desk today with the 10 for one split? And uh, well, first of all, you know that was that was a wild stock. It had some wild movement, uh, but it did run into the split, right? After is this split day for it? I didn't that's what they that. said. That's what he said. But you know what I would do is I would just I never would do levels on a a, uh, a five hundred and eighty dollars stock. It's just not worth it. But I would just take my levels and divide by ten. And that, you know, and, and stick with, you know, my daily highs, my daily lows, my closes, my pivots, and I would trade it that way if it started to pull back. I mean, Dennis, you probably could talk more about it did run into the split. So yeah. it did have a nice move. Uh, I would technically, uh, how does this look on, on the uh, 600 the, looks big. Technically. Yeah. 60. Yeah. That fills the gap. Yeah. So if it runs up. I'd say you got a gap fill at uh, five ninety one, or what would that be? Fifty nine, sixty nine. So it, it typically is the trade, um, and this is like this works well for ex dividend stocks as well. Yeah, um, you typically see a lot of traders actually hold it long into the split, get the extra shares, and then try to get out of it the next day, not losing as much. And typically, they don't open down as much as they should. Sometimes they open up 1% or 2%. You're not grabbing a pile. But sometimes, you know, you'll see the stock trading up 1% or 2% after a split. 
And then it usually rolls over after the open and the stocks usually go red. That's the quantitative numbers. Again, we work in law of averages, not absolutes. So it doesn't work every single time. But more often than not, that's kind of what I see happen. Um, so I, I'm, I'm of the opinion that, you know, you, you, there is money to be made sometimes pulling these things through the split and then trying to flip out of them the next morning as well as you can. I always market hedge. I hedge myself as well because I'm trying to extract the alpha from the stock not opening down as much as it should. So if I was doing TTD, it's probably got a beta of two. I'd probably short some cues against it. That's how I would trade it. But, you know, that doesn't always work. And again, I haven't even you know looked to see if this is split day, so I don't have that confirmation. I'll look and then I'll know on the close. And you always know by the imbalances too. It'll be crazy imbalance on the close. But again, it's going to be an interesting close at the end of the month as well. Yeah, I would just say... Uh, Somebody said it's June 16th, so I don't... Oh, oh we're early on that? Uh, okay. Yeah. It's okay. June. The record date is the 9th. The actual split date is June. Oh, so it's still running. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it's still running. So that's why I wasn't on my list. Somebody just said that. So, yeah, so I don't have it on my list. So now we're now... Oh, it sounds right. like it's June 16th. Technically, it's the 17th. It, June 17th. It's effective as of the 16th close. Um, gotcha. Okay. Split date is the 16th is what NOLA Trader is saying. Yeah. So there's some so other smart yeah. traders track this kind of stuff. So you sometimes do see these things run up into the split. You sometimes do see you know an opportunity to take it into the split and then trying to get it out after. And I remember if your broker sucks, which some of them do, they don't even have your new shares delivered. So you're like, oh, I'm trying to sell this after you know pre-market and your new shares aren't even there yet. So that's a nightmare. So it depends on how good your broker is too to even try to employ some of those strategies that I was just talking about. I'm comfortable to say that you know my broker is pretty solid, Goldman Sachs behind it, that I'm going to have my shares the next morning to be able to sell. So, if you, But if your shares are, sh- are slow getting there, sometimes it takes a day or two for some of these discount brokers. You might not even be able to sell it for a couple of days, which is horrible because a lot of times you see these things really get hammered a couple of days, uh, the day after the split, and then continue to go down for a few days after that. Same thing with ex-dividend stocks. What about that stock that uh, it did, did it do a split or a reverse split or something in the pre-market? Remember that a couple of, week, a couple of weeks ago? And people thought they were rich. Remember that? Oh yeah, I do. I can't remember, remember, I can't that remember that the stock was, though. Hey, what's going on? We're we're just kind of leaking here. Um, we moved down made... three points. What's going on here? No, <laughs> the day's already over. You know, look at that. That is the the close. I mean, they didn't even give you a chance. That that last few minutes. I mean, I know you saw the other stuff, but the S and P's were there. wild too. Yeah, man, oh were. man, the spy gap down a buck. Oh, we got because afraid. there's so many stocks. I mean, the stocks are going down. There's stocks like we, Google going down. We, we, so we, the index is going to chase that. We 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 do have a data point PCE. And yeah, go wide, Dennis. We yeah. don't need you getting picked off here. Uh, people are expected to have spent more mo- more money on stuff. That's uh, it's pretty <laughs> evident. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but there's I, we'll, we'll check our transitory inflation data at eight thirty. Huh. We'll see what we get. Uh, do, should we actually cover a stock with news before yeah, that? Right. Yeah, like we haven't even gotten to anything yet, but that's okay. Uh, let's talk about the the crazy one from yesterday real fast, and then we'll bring Marcus on uh, after the number, uh, sure. if, if the number matters. But GOED, um, which is oh, yeah. a uh, direct-to-consumer retailer, uh, 1840, 1847 uh, Gotiker is the company. This is a stock with a 3 million share float. And Joel's going to bring the chart up there. And it, <laughs> it, it, it opened. Well, it hit 
what it hit twenty one dollars in the twenty one twenty two. Yeah, pre market. And in the pre market. Why do we know why? No, we have no absolutely no no idea why it was halted. How many times? One, two, I think just twice. Um, that oh, was that cool. was after the open, obviously. Uh, and they had How? they had an offering. In offering out this morning, they priced a 91 million unit offering at $2.25. So this thing went from yesterday, uh, f- went from $5 to $21, uh, and then it closed back at 5 and now they're pricing an offering at 2 And it's at $1.81 this morning. I've never seen a stock do that in one day. It went from yeah. 4 to 21 in the pre-market. To close at six and then down below two dollars after they did an offering all in the same day. Now it's second day, it's trading dollar eighty one, the two twenty five offerings on the table. I have no idea. You know, there's a lot of people coming in saying, Oh yeah, how low can it go? I mean the things can go to zero. So <laughs> you can always go lower. I don't know how to trade something like this. This is insane. Yeah, MX crazy time. moves. It's just it's just a poster child for how crazy this market is right yeah. now. Obviously, somebody screwed up major. Maybe they thought it was you know, something was going on. I don't follow this company whatsoever, so I can't comment fundamentally why it was doing that yesterday morning. Maybe somebody screwed something up, but that's Small, a crazy move. It's a micro cap. I said I mentioned the floats three million shares, so it can do whatever the hell it wants to do. Yeah, and um, yeah. So that was a crazy stock of the move, stock of the day yesterday. Wow. Uh, two minutes until the number. What about AMC? We haven't okay. talked about we it. The Reddit talking. stocks. I mean, we can get into this. We'll get into it through the number. The, the, when a stock, and I just a Reuters reporter just called me, want to commentary on AMC as well. When a stock is this disconnected from its fundamental story, a price can go anywhere, and this is trading. Uh, you know, technically, this is trading on momentum. This is trading on, you know, the buzz. This is trading on social media. This is GME, AMC, COS, KOSS. You know, we've given a number. Even Rocket started getting some love yesterday. Full disclosure, I do have my Rocket position still. Um, this is, uh, it, it, it's it's impossible to predict where the next move is coming from. I mean, I, I would say you do have resistance up there at 30. It's a big psychological level. It was trading through there in the pre-market, but we're back down below it. Yesterday's high, 29.76. So all you can do is look at this technically. You can't analyze it fundamentally. We see, you know, Rich Greenfield, which we can talk about in a minute Are as you well. running, Dennis? Because it's about yeah, uh, So we're going to move here. Okay. All okay. right. Let me go to the S&P here. Let's go to the dreaded one-minute chart. I don't see anything happening. No? Not yet. Think- we went we went about ten cents. We're about ten cents wide on spy, but I think we can just continue to talk because this looks okay, like a go ahead. burger. Go ahead. This looks like a nothing burger. So, anyways, unless you know we see some action here picking up, then obviously we'll go back to the spy. But you know, AMC's just crazy right now. It's crazy volatility. Just be careful. You know, you're sticking this in your long term portfolio. I do believe you'll lose money in the long run, but short term you can trade anything. I know my buddy Mike had a great long trade on it yesterday. I mean, it was breaking out through twenty. It was a technical trade. It broke out. So it when it broke, broke out, out through twenty, you're like, okay, this thing can start going. And you know, I think there's algos that are ripping on that too. Stocks start breaking out to new highs. There's momentum algos that'll come in there and get involved too and you know you think it's all you know just retail there is hedge funds trading this there are professional traders trading this there are algorithms trading this when this thing trades whatever it did 800 million or whatever the hell it did yesterday everybody is trading this you know i even traded it yesterday a couple of times so i mean just you know it's insane so big money made big money lost very quickly in the stock high high risk 
Um, personal spending was was in line with the estimate of point uh point five percent. Okay, cool. Yeah. Anyway, uh, well, I I want to know if, if if Marcus traded AMC here yesterday. Well, let's, let's, I don't think that's I don't think that's a Marcus. Is Marcus side. ready? Is he here? Marcus is here. Okay, let's bring Marcus on early. Marcus, how are we doing? Did you trade AMC yesterday? Hey, good morning. No, but I I, I, I traded SPC a couple of days ago, so I oh, caught that move. Okay, okay. Space. Yeah. Uh, Virgin, oh, nice. yeah, Virgin Galactic. Nice. That's been moving too. I mean, all these re- old Reddit names are all starting to catch a bit big time here. SPC right. just just ran from twenty to thirty in four days. So we've been thinking about you, Marcus. Right. Well, you know, about you and I we talked last Friday. Uh, you, you gave me a little bit of your analysis, and you were spot on, right? Yep. 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 I was hoping you hung tough through that report. Because that was pretty ugly, but I, I just kind of had a feeling you, were, you probably sold a few more puts down there, and you brought your cost basis down to thirteen and a quarter. I was planning to. I didn't get the puts because I didn't get assigned. I was uh, I was selling puts at eight, so I wanted to get assigned at eight. I didn't want to go assigned at at nine, and then it would drop further down, right? So my goal okay. was to get assigned at eight, um, maybe even at seven, and uh, yeah, never retraced to this point. But yeah, you called. But it. you got to keep that premium, huh? You got to keep that premium if you were yep. selling those puts. Yep, keeping the premium. I mean, where's your cost basis on this thing now? You brought it down a little bit with the put with the put sale. Uh, the cost basis is at uh, fifteen seventy nine, and my break even is uh, at around fourteen dollars right now. Okay, yeah. I was pretty, I was, okay, all right. What else are you looking at here? We had uh, a wild close yesterday. We have end of the month. Do you see any? End of the month tendencies here uh, in your trading. I mean, you know, well, you typically- see, this week, if you're looking at the S and P 500, it, it was a pretty boring, uneventful week oh, yeah, for me, right? Because uh, in order to sell puts, if you want to sell premium, you need down days. And the whole week, we were basically just drifting higher. I mean, we had a day where we were scratch day, right? So not really go, going on. So for selling puts, it, it was kind of boring. So therefore, I took a few more directional trades uh, based on uh, on my directional trading strategy where I use these uh, three indicators here, uh, the RSI, the stochastics, and the MACD. And what I want to see is that the RSI is above 50. I want to see that the stochastics is above 50 and the MACD is above its uh, uh, it's moving average. And so a, a few trades, directional trades that I'm in right now. So different from selling premium here, really, I'm trying to catch a move is ARWR. So see, there's a trade that I got in uh, last week at this day. So this was May 17th. So what is it? Yeah, a little bit more than a week ago. Hasn't really taken off just yet. So this Arrowhead Pharmaceutical, and this happens. I mean, there's just wrong signals. I mean, Dennis, you just said it. Not every trade is working out, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, they, they not every trade out. is a winning trade. Uh, however, another one that came up on my radar was uh, was Plug. So same here. Uh, this is where on this day, I saw all of these three indicators lining up. The RSI above 50, the Stochastics above 50, uh, the MACD above the moving average. So this is where I entered uh, right here around 27.50. So right now it's trading at uh, 30, 30.91. I mean, it looks so so low as a move, but I mean, this is a 10% move in just a matter of days. So that's not bad at all. This is what I'm looking for. And this is where I also went into CELH. Uh, CELH, uh, same story here, right? I mean, on this day, all three indicators lined up. 
Uh, got into this one at uh, 57.50. Right now it's trading at 65. So I'm still in these stocks because they're just moving nicely. I mean, here also, this is a, a nice 10% move in one, two, three, four, five days. I mean, I, I take 10% moves in five days. That's not bad at all. And then, yeah, SPCE. SPCE actually, uh, after they, on Monday, after they completed the uh, the successful rocket launch, uh, saw a green bar here. So I entered this on Tuesday, I believe. Entered it right here also at 27.50, uh, right now up to 31.05. So these are some of the directional trades that I mean. Yesterday, I entered uh, SPWR, SunPower. Um, so it hasn't really taken off just yet. As you can see, this is where the indicators all lined up nicely. So this was a trade that I entered yesterday, uh, probably right here at around 23.76. Uh, yeah, something like this. And this morning, pre-market trading a little bit up in the last one here, uh, STAA. And this is also working out nicely, Star Surgical. So I uh, had all the indicators line up on this day. So got in at around 132. And uh, this morning we are at 143. So that's uh, maybe an 8% move in three days. And this is what I've been up to this week. Uh, in terms of selling puts, uh, the only one that I that I did was ABT Abbott Laboratories at uh, at 115. Um, oops, this is what I need to do. So I sold a put here um, at 115, but there weren't that many opportunities because uh, what I need is volatility. And I mean, with the VIX, look at the VIX, right? Uh, the volatility index. The whole week, it's just dropping. And this is when, yeah, if you want to sell premium, this is when the VIX is dropping, premiums are cheap, right? So when the VIX is going higher, that's good for an options premium seller. So this is why this week I've been focusing more on uh, trading directional stocks. So yeah, I just wanted to make just a quick comment. Uh, over the Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, uh, 35 point range in the SP. And some of those, and some of those levels weren't even hit in the uh, in the regular session. So yeah. very, very quiet, consolidating near the high of the move. And the other thing I just want to point out is, you know, Marcus, you know, has okay. Well, sometimes there's time to sell puts, and the premium's not there. Maybe the risk rewards not there. So he goes to, you know, a directional strategy. So that's kind of what you have to do. I mean, the way these markets are, you know, always changing. Now, of course, volatility will eventually come back and you got to be able to switch gears. Yeah. Uh, but I thought that I thought that was interesting. So but Joel, you're absolutely right. I mean, you, you cannot have just one trading strategy. I think it's super difficult if you just try to follow one trading strategy, because then you're kind of forcing the market to fit your trading strategy. I mean, over the years I've been trading for a long time, I found the markets do whatever they want to do and it's easier for me to adjust. I think we talked about it. My, my kids, uh, they're both active sailors and they always say, you know what, you can change the wind, but you can adjust your sails. And that's what I did this week. I, I just adjusted my sails a little bit and uh, shifted strategies because there was definitely nice eight to 10% moves in some of the stocks that came up on the radar here. Marcus, do you ever get down dirty in some of the real crazy names like an AMC or a GameStop? Because the premiums are really attracted there. I'm sure there's some crazy premiums to be had, but is the risk just too high? What, do you ever get down dirty, those crazy ones? No, I don't. I, I really don't. Because uh, <laughs> if it goes parabolic, you, you know what happens when it goes parabolic. What goes up must come down, right? I mean, it's almost like a throwing a ball in the air, and then at some point it comes down again. And when it comes down crashing hard, I mean, this is if you go to GME. Uh, that, that's what we saw 
with this massive multiple run times. Yeah. yeah, I mean, of course, you have huge, super huge premiums here, and then you have the collapse. You have another run up. You have the collapse. So, I mean, I don't want to be stuck in this stock for a long time. And again, for selling puts, the key thing for me is. Do I want to own the stock at yeah. that strike price? And right. if I don't want to own the stock at this strike price, for me, that is a clear no. And uh, honestly, these stocks are too crazy for me. There's one thing, though, uh, that I, re I regret because I was looking at GME and with all the cryptocurrency crash going on, right? I mean, think about it. Where do have money retail traders, what they say, the, the paper hands, right? I mean, where did they have money in cryptos? So. When cryptos are crashing, the money is getting out of there, not of the institutional traders, but of retail traders. And what is it getting into? Right, This is where we are back to the meme stocks. And I, I can kick myself of not buying a few calls right here because, as you can see, GME has been just trading sideways. So therefore, premium probably has come down over the past few weeks. And now um, I think, I think, and I might be completely wrong because, again, I'm not so smart. Uh, I, I think that some of the money that uh, got out of cryptos is going back into the meme stocks. What do you that's think about this? Good theory? point. I mean, that's yeah, how I, try, that's that how I try to think sometimes too. It's not out of the realm of possibility that the money, like I always say, there's like this, you know, you know, really, you know, speculative bubble of money that moves from the hot asset to the hot asset to the hot asset. And you're right. A lot of money moved into crypto a few weeks ago. And now it's trying to look for the next, you know, thing that's going to go. And, you know, so there, there's maybe a point there, Marcus. Yeah. And uh, you see, when, when I say what goes up must come down, I don't say that it's come all the way down, but often with parabolic moves, you have a retracement. I mean, at some point you have some profit taking, right? And uh, this is what's happening there. That's why you can apply Fibonacci retracement. So obviously it's not going all the way back down, but there's always a little bit of a retracement in this where well, I don't know, I'm not quite sure. Anyhow, so, Marcus, so this is what's, what's going on your radar on now? And uh, it seems that overall, um, I mean, Jolie said it's super slow week in the S&P. It seems that uh, traders are getting ready for Memorial Day. I heard that uh, they are expecting record numbers of traveling, especially in the United States where we have reopened. I mean, uh, Dennis, I know that uh, in Canada, not quite yet. But here yeah. it seems that uh, traders were just busy the whole week making travel plans and thinking about what to throw on the barbecue. Dennis, Dennis, can, Dennis can reopen his front door now. <laughs> I can. I can step outside and get a breath of fresh air. Actually, we reopened golf courses and we can go on our boats now as well. So we we went through so there's four steps to Ontario reopening. I think it's Ontario. We just did step one last week. So we, we've got step one, which is, um, I don't know. There's a whole bunch of things you can do, but I know boating and golf were the two that directly impacted me. So you can go golf and you can go boating now. So I know step two, step three, step four, as you know, cases come down and vaccination rates go up, they're going to try to eventually get us fully open again. But, um, I still can't, you know, most of your stores are still closed. You can't just go into your hardware store and buy, you know, a pair of, you know, or can opener, like I was saying in Walmart, essential stuff only still, but we're trying here in Ontario to get to where you are in the States. Well, we're jealous. It's different here. And you, you have seen, I mean, retailers have been reporting last week and this week, and retailers oh. have been blowing it out of the water, right, in terms of earnings. I mean, whether you look at Dick Sporting Goods or this morning, HIBB, I mean, they're just up big uh, because they, I mean, their profits were twice as high as everybody expected. So it's, it's, it's just crazy. The reopening stocks are definitely soaring right now. Wait, Hibbit Sports is a $90 stock? Mm -hmm. yeah, we, we, we didn't really talk about Did they that. do a reverse split? 
It was, well, they have they have earned no, no, they didn't. They have yeah, earned. I hope the Reverend's still in this one. Uh, I don't know, but they had earnings out uh, this morning. Yeah, but they they beat it, and I mean, yesterday they closed at eighty seven. This morning they're up to ninety four, so they're up eight percent. Because again, like most retailers that have been reporting, they also said, I mean, Dick's uh, DKS the other day did the same thing, said, hey, our profits were twice as high as everybody was expecting. And yes, we yep. issued the guidance for this quarter. It seems that everybody is rushing back into score. Ulta Beauty. I mean, now that yep. we are not wearing masks anymore here in the US, right? I mean, <laughs> you got to put some stuff on your face. So, so Ulta Beauty uh, also reported earnings and uh, they are up 4.76% uh, here this morning. So, yeah, there's yeah, but, a but lot on the move. On the other side of that coin, you know who's not out this morning is Costco. And they also had an amazing report. They crushed it. Their comps were incredible. Uh, and stock is down. Yeah, because uh, they issued actually guidance. And they said, you know what? We are expecting higher labor costs. Because uh, they, they think it's difficult to get people back to work. And this I, I is where thought, they said, you know what? All with this good, uh, cost of goods sold and the supply chain issues that we still have because it's a ripple effect. They said, yeah, you know what? For the rest of the year, we are expecting costs to increase. And that's never good. This is why they're down this morning. I mean, I, based I on what Costco I heard. was already known for paying their employees above minimum wage, but I guess I'm, I guess I'm wrong. Um, anyway, very interesting trend there. Uh, Marcus Heidecarter is the founder of Rockwell Trading. The link has been up on the screen the whole time. If you want to learn more, go to rockwelltrading.com slash Benzinga or just rockwelltrading.com. Marcus, it's been a pleasure. All right. Thank you. Have a great long weekend. And uh, yeah, see you next Friday. All right. Have a good one. Uh, let's do some stocks that were actually on our list that we didn't actually get around to talking about yet, like Costco, like Salesforce, like Dell. Uh, what do you guys have a preference there? We'll let you uh, lead the way. Yeah, all of those—they're all, all good right. talks. So let's let's go let's go to Salesforce here. This this report was excellent. Their EPS a buck twenty one versus an eighty eight cent estimate. Sales of five point nine six versus five point eight nine billion dollars. They raised their guidance for the uh, fiscal year, or actually for next fiscal year. They raised their EPS and their sales guidance, um, and. They said they are uh, on the path to reach $50 billion in revenue within the next five years. And I, I don't actually know what they said with regards to the Slack deal. I didn't see anything. I imagine they talked about it, but I just didn't see anything. Regardless, the stock is up this morning. Yeah, it's a nice pop. Um, it, this was the opportunity a couple of weeks ago. Somebody asked us about it, and I was like, yes. I kind of like it in the low 200s. Yes. Now it's 238. So I'm like, okay, well, I wasn't in it. I didn't, uh, I obviously can't buy every stock you like. Um, but, well, I guess if you have an unlimited capital, I guess you can. Or I just simply forget about it. It's of leverage, Dennis. Use it. God. <laughs> Anyways, I wish I would have been in it. I was in Salesforce once. Um, I had it on a swing trade from like the 225 to like the 235 area back. I think it was April maybe. Um, but I did not participate in this last move up. It's a nice move up. The problem is you're coming into resistance area. So that's where you got multiple highs at 238. It's not surprising that that's where it's starting to stall out. Could it go through there? It could. But I mean, this is now a rip, and I don't like buying rips. So I like the company. Would I buy it on dips? Yes. Am I buying it when it's up 5% today? No. Uh, Pre-market high, or let's just call it the after-hours high that comes in at 239.44. And when I see this, I mean, I see a couple highs here, but it's traded above that. Look at these pesky highs right here at 240. So if I had this in the long portfolio, I see it trading 238. If I'm looking for like a ripper day, it's going to take out 240, go 240, boom, boom, boom. The longer it takes to, you know, 
get over for take out that uh, after hours high pre market. I think you see maybe a little bit of profit taking. You did have some selling ahead of the report yesterday and a kind of an update in the market. So all about 240 for me in CRM. Uh, and nice call out there. Who was it? Uh, Dave. <laughs> Dave, got it, got it, need it. Uh, v, V-E-E-V, uh, also ripped on their report as well. Um, who what else? stock? V-E-E-V. Viva's okay, I'm uh, looking at Dave, and I'm like, what? Yeah. Uh, and then, so we Same have- Same story as CRM. It's right there. And look at yeah. where these things stall out at your levels, Joel. Like 284, 285, that's right yeah, where it topped right out there. before, too. So they're doing the same thing. Support, resistance, and trends. I mean, what level jumps out of you? It's right back up at resistance again. So can it continue from here? Can do anything. But, you know, whenever they bump up against resistance for the first time, a lot of times it does stall it out. So I think you just got to be aware of that. You're bumping up against resistance here in VE. Yeah, and what about yeah, and what about the people that took, I don't know how much options this traded. People took yeah. home the 270s and the 265s or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah I, this is a little bit thinner one, but uh, Dennis... Dennis already nailed this one. Uh, we, like two eighty five. We also had Dell, and they were like, "Listen, we've probably hit like you know peak PC sales for the moment." I mean, yeah, <laughs> you got the VMware spinoff coming. That's why it's popped up a lot too. Right, right. I own Dell, and I love Dell back at fifty at a hundred. A lot of good news is priced in here. Uh, boom, 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 spike over 103. Doesn't look like you're going to see that. Uh, four lows in the same area. Where's that at? Uh, 99 bucks. Let's see what happens. Holds 99. Still looking for this to go higher. Below 99 gets kind of choppy down to 95. Oh, my God. I, I can't believe how far the gap. I guess I can believe how far the gap has run. But uh, retail. Yeah, yeah. It's all it's all retail. Mark, we talked about it yesterday with Mark and their earnings. Yeah. Uh, 48 cents per share. Uh, versus a meaningless estimate of a five cent loss. Uh, sales three point nine versus three point four billion dollars. They also raised their guidance for the year. Seeing a trend here. Anyway, uh, I mean, this is the reopening story. And are some of these stocks overshot? Maybe, but I mean, there's going to be a lot of people going back to stores when they can go. You're going to get this. You know, is it a roaring? How long does this roaring twenties effect last? Is going to be the biggest question. I mean, these were stocks that were in secular decline before COVID started, but they're going to get a bump from the reopening. People want to get out there. They want to go to stores. They're going to want to go to malls. They're going to want to do other things. I mean, look at bed bear or build a bear. I mean, and and Chris Camilo has been all over this BBW. Um, You know, this is just an incredible move. Is it an overshoot? Probably. Is it worth $18? Probably not. When it got to 18, you know, 1658. But I mean, this is the reopening story. So, and Chris is good at identifying, you know, those those trends to come. I mean, we're full on in a reopening trade. We've been talking about it. And, you know, these stocks were buys on pullbacks for the simple reason that they're pure reopening plays. I mean, build a bear in malls. If people are going back to the malls, AMC is a reopening story. I mean, we talk about that the price doesn't make sense, but it's a reopening story. Don't kid yourself. Those movie theaters are probably going to be packed for a while. So there is a little bit of fundamental case. Is it worth $29 a share? I don't believe so. But at the same time, this is a reopening trade, and reopening trades are working right now. So, and you know, so I'm still of that opinion that you know you're looking at you know the cruise line. Some of them have run now, but you know, three four days ago when they had pulled back, there was an opportunity on some of the reopening trades. I think we said that a week ago. That's the stocks that we were starting to look at again. That's when I bought Las Vegas Sands. I mean, you know, and it hasn't run as far, and maybe I picked the wrong one. But I think there's going to be a lot of people that go to the casinos. I bought Penn Gaming as a reopening play. 
Um, you know, yes, it's got obviously, you know, the, the sports betting and it's got a little bit of, you know, correlation with high tech, but it's also a reopening play as well. So, I mean, there are opportunities here in these reopening stocks that are driving price. The gap is, is it overshot? It may have, maybe some of these stocks have overshot, but they're getting driven by the reopening story right now. Yeah. GPS. We should have listened to Josh Brown when he was on a couple months ago. Uh, talking about this stock. Ah, boy, that spike, that kind of looks like that's kind of safe here. So if you hold it out for 36.80, you may get it. Uh, Looking at the charts, what was that spike up here? 37.63. I don't know. There's there's some stock trade in here. I'll just use 36.50 because after it came down, boom, it stopped at 36.50, had the dip, came back up. So keep an eye on 36.50. Gets through there. Got some more upside, but uh, nice move. This was a $32 stock uh, to begin the week. Uh, here, I'll, I will respond to this. Uh, AA is asking if this is all day trading advice. So first off, uh, we don't give advice. We just give levels and you give our opinions. Uh, but the numbers that Joel are throwing out there are levels to watch for the day, right? And longer. Yeah. Like yeah, these are just like levels that might come into play, yeah. you know, for swing. We we go out to Joel goes out to like the ninety days, and he's looking, you know, like yeah, me and Joel both like the ninety day chart. Where is this thing in the last three months? Yeah. Where might it stall out? Where is it running into resistance? I always say, look at the charts, port resistance and trends. So those levels might come into play today. They might come into play next week. They might come into play next month. I think he's just trying to give you levels mm-hmm. where the stock has struggled to get through before, and maybe it'll struggle there again. We're looking for a history to repeat itself for to a certain extent. Yeah, there's something like someone was asking, you know, would you sell your CCL? I, I think that was a couple days ago. Well, you know, I mean, it's going up, right? And so you could you could look at. Well, you just want to take out the high of the move, right? It's bumped its head up against 30 so many times that eventually you think, okay, maybe this is the time it's actually going to take it out. So if I I wouldn't be playing it short. You know, the first time back up there, you think, okay, I'm going to short it the first time off 30 because I don't think it's going to have the guts. But when it keeps banging, 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 eventually it breaks out. This looks like a breakout candidate to me, CCL. Um, And it is a reopening story. But resistance is resistance until it's broken, Joel. And that 30 is still major resistance. So. You know, I'm not, you. breakout. There's no breakout that has happened here yet. It looks like a breakout candidate, but the breakout hasn't officially happened yet. I think it's going to happen, but you know, anything can happen. Maybe resistance holds again and it starts to sell off again. Maybe we get a bad headline overnight that some of the cruise ships are, you know, not going to sail as quickly as we think they're going to. But I think there's a reopening trade happening in the cruise ships, and I would be buying them on pullbacks. That's my own opinion, not advice. That is just opinion. And also just looking at it perspective, like when I look at it, like obviously with the pandemic, what happened to markets, you know, Dennis has given me, you know, me some good advice, like those March lows of last year, you know, who knows if we'll ever see them again. But to me, the other thing I look at is this stock is not back over its March high, nowhere near over its February high, nowhere near over its January high. So I'm just looking at it. If it could clear this 30, you get a breakout, you get some good momentum. The next monthly high is 33.34. Does that mean it's going to go there in one day, two days, three days? No. It's just that on the monthly charts, that's the indication. And the monthly charts also give you a good indication you know, big orders. Like if, if there's an institution that owes 7 million CCL and they want to get out at 30, they're not going to throw 7 million out at 30. They're going to let it trade up to 30 and a quarter one day and then try and sell a million. There's a lot of different strategies. And that's why 
going out on the longer term charge can give you, you know, can give you like when I looked at that hip at sports, man. I mean, I'm, you guys almost had to take me off the. I remember what people talking about that thing going bankrupt, and uh, boy, I didn't look at that in a long time. Things have but, turned, Joel. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, twenty twenty was seven dollars back at the lows. That's the what the was talking Eighty-seven dollars now. I mean, That's the market is so inflated. There's so many stocks that are inflated. When does this end? I just talked to a Reuters reporter this morning. And they're just saying, are you worried about inflation? Are you worried? Well, I was worried about it a couple of weeks ago, but it seems like the market's not worried about it. So, so how, how can I worry about it? I mean, I got to go with the flow. I mean, this is FOMO has come right back into this market. We talked about starting to see the growth name starting to catch a bid a couple you know of weeks that, ago. Dennis. That has continued. You know, you know that. that. That has continued. Kathy, you know, I said when it was 100, I said I'm going neutral on Kathy at this point in time because, yes, she's still in a lot of overinflated price stocks, but they're oversold and it feels like money wants to start to come back and she's just grinding her way higher here again. So, I mean, you've got to be able to change your opinions. People say I flip-flop my opinions a lot. That's why I'm successful as a trader because I'm willing to change my opinion. And if you're stuck in your opinion and you're going to live with that and the market's moving against you, You've got to be able to change your opinion, one, when you're wrong, or two, identify that catalysts have changed. You can see you know, m movement in the stock price is starting to change, and you've got to be able to change your opinion. I mean, as a trader, as a long-term investor, maybe you get opinionated, and you're going to stick with that opinion forever. But as a trader, the, the best traders are willing to change their opinion very, very quickly. So, and that's why sometimes after the show, I'll be like, you know, I like tech stocks here. I might say on the show. Sometimes I tweet out after. I'm like, I tweet out the other day. I'm like, I'm not liking the tape here from this morning. I was wrong with that tweet because it came right back in and bought the dip. But I mean, you know, it's just an opinion. We're all, nobody knows anything. We're just trying to feel flows. And it started to feel like, okay, some money's coming out of tech, but then it came right back in again. So there's a lot of FOMO money out there right now. Marcus makes a good point. Some of this money got burned in crypto, and maybe some of that money is starting to roll it, into more I thought about assets. that this morning because yeah, I, when he I makes look a good at my quotes on my phone, I see Bitcoin, and I'm just like, Bitcoin, I mean, let's just look at this Bitcoin chart here for a second. It, it's kind of, you know, been replaced by the meme stocks. But 40,000, you know, I was talking about 42. It's like, maybe I'm moving it down to 40. And, you know, the futures are a little bit different and the cash is a little bit different. But look at that wall forming there. And then you're having these two, $3,000 drops. I, I don't know. I think you might get a look at that. That well, at least this daily low here. Uh, thir this is called thirty-four thousand. Crypto uh, still doesn't look that healthy here. Um, no, it hey, needs to come back. Because a lot of people burned. So we we called this one. You know, people. Somebody Musk. tweeted at me yes. Somebody tweets at me yesterday. This just goes to show you, like, you know, the people out there that just want to try to ruin your day. But they say it's like I don't know how you make any money, Dennis. Every time you tell me to sell something, I buy it and I make money. Yeah, right. You know, like okay, sure, whatever, buddy. Um, <laughs> but you know, I'm gonna pat myself on the back because you know sometimes you just gotta pat yourself on the back. I called that crypto top sell-off. The Musk right there, now. Musk for a week before I even started to put the ticker. Yeah, crypto topping event, crypto topping event, crypto topping event. So, buddy, hey, maybe I called that one right. So anyways, I mean, this just goes to show you, too, and I never got a chance to talk about this, but Rich Greenfield was on CNBC this morning, and you know we know Rich Greenfield's put the one-cent price target on AMC, and everybody gives him heat. And there's multiple people even tweeting at me saying he deserves the heat. Nobody deserves to get a personal attack. You're giving an opinion on a stock. When you take it personally, and this happened to me on Reddit. Remember, I said I was not afraid to short some stocks. And my name went on Reddit, and I had 3,000 comments about me on Reddit. There's people literally, well, most people making fun of my last name. Ha ha, fun. Okay, sure. That's cool. I don't mind that. You know, you're having good fun. That's okay. 
The problem was, is there was some commentary, let's get this guy. And they're trying to look up the bright trading address in Las Vegas. And they're like trying, let's go get this guy. I mean, what does that mean? You know, don't take it to that level. Be better people. You know, so if you're saying, let's go get Rich Greenfield because he's, you know, AMC, let's go attack him or let's beat him up or let's do. When you start taking to personal levels like that or, you know, and start talking, it's very uncomfortable and it makes people not want to talk publicly about stocks. I've thought about stopping to do this show after that Reddit when they were like threatening, like there was some threats on that Reddit, like literally threats against me. Um, you know, let's let's look up his office and go get him. That's un, that's uncomfortable feelings. And, you know, I'm doing this show trying to help educate traders. I'm not getting rich off the show. I love talking stocks. I like to talk about shows. But when you want to take it to a personal level and start to personally threat people because they have a differing opinion than you, you have a problem. Don't do that, people. Don't start taking it to personal levels. You want to argue with them and say why AMC is worth $100 or $500,000? Cool. Argue. I like hearing the arguments. Maybe you're going to change my opinion. You know, that's fine. But people are entitled to their opinions. And just because he's, you know, putting a logical argument, he's saying AMC is eventually bankrupt, he's entitled to that opinion. So give him that entitlement. Be better than that. Argue with him. You know, say, give your case why AMC is worth $100 a share or $200 a share. That's okay. But don't take it to personal threats. Because you know what? You're hi- a lot of these people hiding behind anonymous Twitter handles or anonymous Reddit threads. And so you can be a real tough guy when you're hiding anonymously. I'm not hiding anonymously. That's my name out there. I'm out there. So, you know, it just turns people off about talking about stocks at all and talking publicly about companies and giving opinions if people are going to personally attack them. You know, like the guy yesterday saying, everything you say is wrong all the time, Dennis. I mean, sure, I'm going to get some right. I'm going to get some wrong. You can cherry pick whatever data you want. I feel like I'm right more than I'm wrong. I feel like my PL shows that, you know, so I'm comfortable to say I'm a pretty good trader because I make my money trading and I've been doing it for 21 years. So, but, you know, we're going to be wrong sometimes. I mean, we're just giving dead opinions. Wrong. Dead wrong. Yeah, and dead I, wrong. I, dead I, wrong. I think too is what, you know, we try and do in my kind of my history in the markets, you know, working with people like Dennis and doing things. If there's, you know, if we can, you know, do something that might, you know, help you think about, like I spoke to a trader the other day and he's, you know, had a great run and he goes, he had a couple of days last June and he lost a lot of money. And he goes, you know, you know, he just wants to know what he could have done. He's not asking me to say, you know, where would you put your cell stop here? And we started to talk a little bit about it and I'm going to talk with him more. And it's just little tricks of the trade that, you know, not necessarily going to make you a ton of money. But, you know, at least learn from your mistakes and learn from our mistakes, right? Yeah, that's what we're trying to do. We're just trying to teach traders to be better traders. That's all. And look at, you know, you've got to look at both sides of the opinion. Like, I, what, you know, people are saying, when well, you don't like AMC, why don't you short it then? Well, I don't why short rocket you- ships. The thing's blasting off. Do I want to get run over here? Just because I don't like a stock doesn't mean I necessarily have to short a stock. I'm not buying it at $30.57, but I don't want to short it. Think it'd be a 50 who knows where this is? This is in rocket ship mode right now. It could go anywhere. So the Raz is here. Raz is side. Look at he's got a nice background here too. The new bookcase. You get that thing painted. It looks nice. Well, well, there was <laughs> there was a flood, so he had to like you know do some stuff. I don't know. Raz, good morning. Can you hear us? I can hear you. Good morning. How are you, Raz? I want to get Raz's thoughts on this because because Jason's very good at like blocking out the noise. And like the haters, how do you do that so well? So well, I don't do it so well. I do it. <laughs> I do it better than Dennis, but not so. Well. Um, 
Dennis. Because well. I'm feisty. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I almost think there's automated bots that a couple people set up just to just to like drive you crazy. And <laughs> and like just like look at this guy. Raz looks and sounds pissed, right? Like, and and it's and they know that you're gonna respond back to the negative hate. And so like the guy who does it the best, there's no doubt the guy who does it the best is Dave Portnoy. He doesn't care. Yeah. He just ignores it. And the, the truth, what he said um, is these guys are sitting on Reddit writing comments on me. They're in their house writing com, you know, comments, they're writing comments. Like that means like their life is writing about me. Like that's crazy. You know, that is crazy. Right. And um, if you think about it that way, Dennis, it's like they're at home writing about you. Like, why don't they go out and build something? They're out there writing about you. So no matter what they're saying, they're, they're writing about you. Like, it's like they're sitting at home in, in a room writing about you. What does their life come to then? Think about that. They're, they could be – think about this, Dennis. They could be at home writing a letter to their mom, dad, saying how much they appreciate them. To, uh, <laughs> to, why would to, anybody do that? To a brother – to someone, but instead they're at home writing about you on Reddit. I mean, th think about that, Dennis. Think about what their life has come to. That's where, you know, that's where, if you think about it that way, um, it may change perspective. But like to say, yeah. I mean, I think about Jim Cramer too, Raz. Like, how much hate does Jim Cramer oh. get? He's got to be, and he gets, every once in a while, you can see him go off and it gets to him, but. He must take so much heat, like oh, when you're that God. big of a public figure. He's got to be at a whole nother level because he's giving hard opinions on stocks all the time, and half people are agreeing him, half the people are disagreeing him, and half the people really give him heat. I mean, yeah. you got to yeah. be thick so, skinned at that. But, but Dennis, to hear people say like they're gonna find where you work and all that—that that like, was that, scary. Yeah, that's bullshit. Like, no, it's it's not it's not cool. And um, you know. And by the way, they're not just sitting at home. Like someone said, they're on mobile devices. Yeah, of course, they're not just sitting at home, but they're on their mobile device writing about Dennis or myself or someone or or Jim Cramer. Like, think about that. They're spending their time writing about that, that's like okay. So I have a kid. I have a kid that goes to camp. I could be writing letters to my kid at camp, or I could be writing about Dennis online. All right. So, mm -hmm. like, I, I promise I, exactly, Spencer Israel. I saw what you did there. Exactly. Think like. <laughs> do you, do you think? Uh, do you think Bill Gates or Mark Cuban are sitting at home writing about Dennis online? No, they're not. And that's just that. <laughs> I think Bill Gates has other things on his mind right now. Uh, well, sure, sure. Is, yeah. Go ahead. What do you want to say? I was going to say that the, you're watching pre-market prep therapy with Benzinga here. Um, Jason, do you, do you want to like talk stocks? Do you want to finish your thought? And yeah, then, yeah. And then, okay. No, no. I, I, so AMC, AMC. I've had many calls with big redditors over the last two weeks. Okay. Um, about AMC. I I bought AMC at six dollars and then sold some at nine, then bought it back at fourteen. And I'm just playing the ride, okay? And I, I don't own a ton. I'm just playing the ride. And the I've never I have never uh, seen the enthusiasm for AMC. Now is this AMC enthusiasm gonna fall to the mortgage market too? I don't know, but AMC has leases. They don't own their real estate, whereas Marcus, another movie theater, owns their real estate. And AMC just has leases. Uh, listen, I know it's a reopening trade, but um, you know, I, what, what, one thing Dennis mentioned a while ago is don't fight the trend a little bit. Like, you know, like if the market has changed, then you change with it. And 
Dennis did that about six months ago when the market changed. Now he changed again. You know, when the market changes. I changed um, too much. <laughs> I flip flop well, too much. Yeah. Um, and so it, it's it, there's those challenge there's those challenges of like AMC. Yeah, it's squeezing up and maybe it'll go up a lot higher. Um, and that's that's it. So um what what I would say next is more short squeezes look like they could become in favor. The reopening trade is real. I own, I mean, I bought more, some more stocks this week. I um, so, I mean, some of my stocks are smaller, so I don't really want to say those. Voyager, which I own a decent amount of, came back this week from seven. They had earnings went from seventeen to twenty one. That's VYGVF. It's not on the Nasdaq. VYGVF. I am biased. I own a decent amount of that. Upwork, I bought more of that last week. Uh, when Wait, where, weren't you out of that? And yeah, yeah. Upwork, I had about, yeah. so I'll just give the number of shares. I had 2,000 shares at one point. Yeah. I got down all the way to 600. Okay. I bought 200 more last week at like 38. Starting um, to get some of your position back. Yeah, I, I should have went a little bigger because the story was still intact and it, and it sold off. So I think it was at close to 50, Dennis. Another one that I've been, and this is a Chris Camillo. Uh, he gave me Molson TAP. Yeah, I, he was I, on our show talking about that. Hey, yeah. Raz, just on the Upwork, I mean, do you think that this is, was kind of like a more of a stay-at-home trade? So it, it was, and I think it's now like a monster.com type trend where people can moonlight contract their services out. And as they build new tools, Joel, I think new money will be there. I think there's a lot more people in the marketplace. What, what shocks me, Joel... Like when I look at the crypto market, I'm like, oh, everyone and their brother already has a crypto account. There's no way they're going to grow. Well, then Voyager announces 150,000 accounts open in April and they already have more in May open. So I'm like, OK, I guess there's a lot more people in this world than I than I care to realize. And so um, so I think it's longer than that, Joel. I think there's a lot of people that don't use these services and there's a lot more upside, a lot more upside. But um that's just for me, like thinking that, you know, thinking the world is smaller than it is, but it's actually bigger. Another yeah. one that I um, been buying up and I talk about in the show a bunch started buying at 780 is STKS. Uh, that's STK Steakhouse. It's at, uh, it finally went up to about uh, 1071. Um, Jason always knows like obscure restaurant stocks. The one yeah. group. I've <laughs> never trade. It's a great ticker <laughs> symbol. Steak. Who, do love obscure restaurants. Who do they own? Who do they own? Um, yeah, by the way, this guy, Joel, to answer your question, this guy right here just wrote, I think Upwork is going to go to the 60s. That, that part you don't have to go to, but the change in, in like trying to acquire talent is huge. It's a talent thing. STK Steakhouse. When we go to Vegas for the celebration, Joel, um, yeah, you know, celebration, whatever celebration, I don't know. All but right. when, when we go, we're going to go to STK Steakhouse and it's the best. I mean, it's like there's music, there's the best steak. Just sitting here talking about it makes me want to eat a big steak right now. You got to be honest. Sorry. Okay. So that's an, another one. That would it be good for your diet? Well, I guess it wouldn't be bad for your diet. I'm going to, I suck. I, I suck. Here, 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 um, me too, uh, Jason. He, uh, okay. Jason, okay. if you want to lose weight, you should talk to Lisa. She could, she could really help you out. Okay. All, if I want to lose weight, all someone has to do is put a trap on my mouth. That's all they have to do. <laughs> I, I like it's not talking to anyone anymore. I, I realized like I was doing keto. I get home, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna have one chicken in the biscuit. I'm gonna have two of those actually. <laughs> I'm gonna have one Pringle. That's not gonna affect me. So then I get on the scale this morning and I'm at the same weight as yesterday because I freaking did that. And wait a minute, I'm, wait a minute. You you, you cannot be measuring your weight day to day over day. 
Yes, it I fluctuates am. with water. It's not going to work, man. I, I check day over day, every day. Have you been I, working out at all? I, I have a I have a meter. It, it, I, it's synced to the internet. It does my weight, my water weight, my muscle weight. No, my no, wait, time out, time out, time out. I do yeah, want I, stop, stop, stop. I just want to say, Rise, I haven't seen you for like a few days, like I'm like more than a week, I think. But I saw you yesterday, or maybe it was the day before, and you you do look trimmer. And I'm not just saying that. I I, I meant to say, but I, then. I didn't, and then it was going to be awkward, so I didn't say anything. But you, you do look trimmer. Are you looking for a raise, Spencer? No, no, I'm <laughs> not BSing. I, sw- I swear. Good job, Raz. Well, have right. you lost some weight? Have you lost? I'm not BSing. I was. I didn't see Raz for over a week. Okay, it's down. So, I'm down. I'm down five pounds. That's then good. I got to be down like forty pounds. Okay. Are you I, walking? Are you I, working out? I just bought barbells. They got delivered here two days ago. They're next to my bed, basically. So last night I did 10 curls and then like this 10 times or 15, 15, 15. And I'm starting out small. I think if I can do those every day, I'll start having some muscle yeah. because, uh, you know, and I got next to my bed and my son, Josh comes in. He's like, dad, did you do your, did you do your, your, you know, whatever. And he's like very into it. He's like, is that going to help you lose weight? I'm like, sort of, um, I'm just trying to make it as easy as possible. Cause you know, whatever. Yes. I still own, um, but someone asked a question. I need, I need to, uh, I, I put the Raz is crazy there. See, someone ripped me and I just put it on there because whoever. Um, I Did you buy Peloton? You said you were going to do that. Peloton? I own the stock. What do you mean? No, I meant a Peloton. Oh, yeah. No, I didn't buy that. I <laughs> do it every Friday. That's my right. Friday workout, no matter what. I do I do it every at That's least every so Friday. Six and 60. I still believe in six. You guys want stocks? It, I, I believe in SIX. I know it sounds like something else, but I believe in SIX. Um, and, and, and I know it's a, That's a great reopening play too. Yes. And I know I'm down on it. I bought it, uh, Dennis, I just re I rebought more this week. Actually, I bought it originally at 48 and now my buy price down to 46. I'm down 3.47%, 37.74%. I believe six and 60. I believe that we're going to see six get up to over 50 this, um, in the next month or so and potentially hit 60. So I, I, I own that. And I, uh, do I own it in size? Yeah, it's a me- medium position. Um, I own Penn, um, uh, H-A-Y-W. I bought more GAN, as you guys know. Um, FGF, but that's too small. Delta I own was a reopening. But, you know, I like Spirit better for that because it's more of the travel vacation. But I'm going on my first business trip next week. I'm going to Florida. On- you're, going, you're going to the crypto thing, right? Yes. I mean, I don't know why that's not our event. It seems like the like the whole world's going. Yeah, it and does seem like the whole world's going. It's yeah, why, like they keep talking about it. And I um you know, and so so yeah, I'm going to that. Yeah, that's going to be like a massive uh, I don't even know whose event it is, but it's like it, it's like thousands of people are going to this crypto yeah. conference next week in Miami. I, how about this, Spencer? I can't even get a hotel. Like, I mean, there's so. Oh, if, if anyone can find a room last second, it is you. I, I've, you, seen, I've seen you, it happen. Usually, Spencer, this time, I think I'm going to be bump, bunking up with like the Voyager scene or like try to get in Dave Portnoy's house or something. Um, because right now, those rooms are like few and far between. All like the all the hotels are booked. And I mean, you know, actually, I have one solution, I think. That's right. I got to get to Dave Grutman. That's right. I, I got one solution. So, Don't you know some people down there? I do. I do. But not like it's like not the top of my head. Like, who do I know? You know, and then do I want to stay with someone in a room? Like, do I want my be my own place? It doesn't really matter. 
Oh, Kevin O'Leary lives on Collins Avenue. I'll stay with him. That's easy. Okay. Um, maybe I'll do that or he'll have a place. He'll find it. I'll ask him. That's a good call. I mean, Jason, I, I know what you, you, you need to be doing at 1115 today. We've got the CEO of Beachbody on SPAC's tech. Um, I, I can't. I, you know, that's a huge guest. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm telling you. I, I can't promise he has a beach body. I don't know, but but maybe he can give you some advice or give us some advice on, on how to attain that beach body and also talk about the financials and all that jazz. Uh, but that's yeah. not 115. So you, so you should be watching that because you might learn something about, about, about fitness. I don't know. I used to do that. I, I tried that P90X a couple times. Remember Tony Horton from Beach Body? Yeah. So. Yeah, that was that was a good workout too. I'd always get to like day like fifteen, and I'd be like day one, day two, I'd be like oh I can do this, and day three, and then day four, and then I get to like day ten or twelve, and then you like slack off one day, and then you just stop. <laughs> I never could get the ninety days. In. Well, Carl, uh, Carl uh, Dykeller, I think that's how you pronounce it, is the founder and CEO of Beachbody. He'll be on again at uh, on Spax Attack this channel at eleven fifteen. So, yeah, um, I, I yeah, someone asked, if I still own BTN. Yes, I still own BTN, okay. and this is a good one. This guy. This guy wrote a good comment here. Any outdoor explains like HIBB yeah. has good earnings. Dix has good earnings. BGV, FB, which I used to own, and I sold that way too early. And I sold Eli too early. I, I, I bought Eli like at, I had it too. at 16. It's like at 35, and I just bought an Eli putter. 37. Okay, yeah. so I really messed that one up. Wait, he just took it off. What was oh, the other one? BGFB? Here, I'll put it back. B- uh-huh. No, it was just it was just good symbols to look yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, VSTO. Wait, did I tell you guys what happened when I tried to find the left-handed driver about a month ago? Uh, I could not find one. There, like, there was like massive shortage on left-handed board. drivers. Yeah. Oh my god! All right, I am so angry right now on BG uh, BGFV. So angry. I know Joel. I know Dennis. I'm just doing hindsight capital. I get it. I okay. So BGFV. You were all over this one at like ten. Wait till I tell you the number. I gotta pull it up because I'm like sick right now seeing this. I had no idea. You were giving us this last like like six months ago, and uh-huh. like ten bucks, maybe less than that. I think four bucks. I don't know if it was four. Maybe it was down at a dollar seventy, so it could have been. Four. Oh, re- you okay. gave us this early on the show. Oh, okay. Hey, Mister jo- Mister Dennis, Mister Dennis. Yeah, I like some. There's some stocks I own, like I forget that I own. You want to know what I bought BGFV at? What you end up buying it at? About five thousand shares at two dollars and fifty-two cents. Wow! Oh my god, that was a good buy. You want to know what I sold it at? Yes, now I do. Did you sell the whole lot? The whole lot. Time? The whole lot. Oh, you... what did you sell that? Wait, hold on. I bought some at one eight. Oh, my first buy on it was one eighty-nine, sir. One eighty-nine. Like I bought it at one eighty-nine, Dennis, and I sold it at two sixty and two fifty-eight. Oh my god! I That was a good trade, though. Back then, that was a good trade. I mean, I Dennis, did that too. I buy all that. I sell. I was like, why would I sell? I already sell too early too. I was probably, he was probably on with us, and we we're like talking about the pandemic and walk this in, hand, and he's like, sell, sell, sell these guys for the world's ending. Dennis, it's probably our fault. Dennis, five thousand shares. I sold oh, it to. Uh, I, that would have been thirty points. On, uh, that would have been whatever. I bought eBay back in That would have been $150,000, Dennis. Yeah, been a good one. I bought eBay back during the financial crisis at 11 bucks. That was before it spun off PayPal. So you and then I I got I actually held it and I got the PayPal shares and then I ended up selling it all, but I mean $11 and you got to add the two stocks up now so you'd get 
that $11 purchase. Oh, actually, no, this was the story. So I bought it at $11. I wrote the 14 calls because I was doing covered calls against it. I got called away, so I made three bucks and I got like a dollar premium. It's like, that was a pretty good trade. Here we are a decade later and you got a PayPal spinoff. So $259 plus the eBay price. It's $59, so it'd be $320 now, the $11. But I got that dollar premium I got for writing that 14 calls. So there's an argument against writing covered calls, but I called away. Dennis, I've owned eBay for like 15 years, so I have the PayPal. Oh, you did that? Okay, so you were the smart one that didn't write the calls. Yeah, because I have (laughs) – in my Ameritrade account, I don't sell anything. In my E-Trade account, I sell – like. I would if I had BGFB Ameritrade. If I would have bought it there, I never would have sold it. And that account, I forget I have the stock. That's what you'll so, want to do is forget you own these stocks. The oh good my companies, god! I mean, those BGF, are the ones that make your money. BGFB would be. Oh my god! I can't even. All right, it's it's nine twenty. I want to let you guys get ready for the open. Yeah, I got to go ready for the open. It, I say bye to Jason. It's great to talk with you. Oh Dennis, my god! Bye, Joel. Goodbye. Okay. Jason. See you guys. Uh, see you guys on. at three thirty. Hey, I want to bring on the max guest. Yeah, Jason, go. Hey, guys, if you're listening and you use E-Trade, send a note to E-Trade. Say we love more Benzinga news or we love Benzinga news and send an email to powerhour at Benzinga.com and we will send you swag. We will send you swag. Also, stop um, stop emailing me uh, to get swag. No, email powerhour at Benzinga. I, I know. People like email me. They're like, and if you respond, Jason said he'll give us free stuff. Like, <laughs> why? People, uh, I, I get emails now that say – Spencer, please respond because Jason and Luke said if you respond, I'll get free stuff. <laughs> what? Do you respond back to them? Yes. But um, so yeah, so, powerhourbenzinga.com. If E Trade, right. you know, send an email, say we want more Benzinga news. They want a stock. I gave stocks. I gave stocks in the yeah, show. Come on, guys. Come on. Jason, um, we can have a dozen stocks. All right. Yeah, maybe have stock. Okay. All right, guys. All right. I know, I know Spencer has a hot date, so we got to go. Um, have a good weekend, all. We'll I'll, maybe we'll do a weekend show. And then, as they say, as Patrick, Patrick, uh, what up? Said AMC to the moon. AMC to the moon. That's it. Uh, all right. Thanks a lot, Raz. I want to bring on uh, my next guest, and we'll we'll hang out with him into the open here. Uh, James Seifert from Bloomberg Intelligence is a uh, former ETF analyst. He now he does uh, he does crypto as well. Does the overall market? Uh, James, uh, good morning. Morning. How are you doing? Good to see you. You and I are actually from the same neck of the woods down in Central Jersey. So good to talk to. I'm from East Brunswick. So uh, good to uh, good to talk to someone who's who's, who's local. Um, I want to just get your overall market thoughts here, and then we'll kind of see where the conversation takes us. But we, we see it seems to me we've got two things happening, uh, just in terms of just overall uh, stocks. So we can go to crypto after that. But you you got this reopening trade, plus you've got this like short squeeze slash gamma squeeze slash like meme squeeze, whatever you want to call that. <laughs> and they're both happening at the same time. Uh, and it's driving up like everything. Uh, not everything, obviously. Everything right? except for crypto. It's doing the opposite <laughs> of crypto right now. Right. right. <laughs> exactly. So like what, like, what are your thoughts? Like I, I could, I could see uh, on the one hand, how you could like feel super empowered by this market. And I can see how on the other, other hand, how you could be like, what, this makes no sense. I, 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 I know nothing. How, how do you feel about what's this market right now? Yeah, I mean, I mean, the way I look at it is, is it's just like you said, it's very, uh, it's almost, it's so segmented. I mean, the whole, the whole meme craze, the whole short squeeze, yeah. uh, it's just, it's like, it's like the retails, it's more so than I've ever remembered. Granted, I haven't been exactly in the, uh, 
in, in the market or watching markets as long as many other people. But it just right. it's just so strange to me what's going on. Um, I, the the meme squeeze stuff is absolutely fascinating. Anyone and everyone is paying attention to what's going on with AMC right now and GME. Um, my boss, Eric, tweeted the other day, I mean, AMC was the most traded security in the world yesterday. I mean, to, to get to that point is kind of absolutely ridiculous. I mean, Tesla right now is, is the number one traded security almost every day, day in and day out, which again, until a couple of months ago, was always SPY, the ETF. It was every, you looked at any type of like leaderboard for most traded securities and SPY is at the top of the list every single time. And now it's Tesla. Um, so all these things going on are just kind of, it's like the, the retail trading world's bleeding into the institutional world and the same things happening or was happening with crypto. I don't know if we're on a hold now with all the ESG concerns and the crypto mining side of things. Um, but there's this, it's just like, I see this whole trend of the retail trading crowd blending into the institutional crowd. Um, and honestly, it makes for more interesting coverage as far as I'm concerned. It's just, it's more fun to watch and see what's going on. Yeah, I don't know if you follow uh, Helene Meisler on, tw on Twitter. Yes, I do. Okay, every day, well, not every day, but for the past couple of days, she tweets. She's been tweeting about AMC's volume as a percentage of the overall New York Stock Exchange volume. And, and uh, two days ago, it was uh, AMC accounted for 11% of overall volume on the NYSE. Yesterday, uh, as of, I guess, 2.30, it was 15% of the overall trading volume. It was one stock, and it was AMC. Yeah. <laughs> It's crazy. The, the actual numbers are just absolutely insane. I couldn't, when you look at it, there's this one functional terminal called most, and you can just go in and see what the most traded securities are by dollar volume and yeah. by shares. So she, I think she was doing it by shares, but by dollar volume, it's, it was still the most traded security uh, right. in the U.S. All right. And globally, but the, definitely in the U.S. All right. Well, let's talk crypto for a second here, because you, you that's where you spend a lot of your time in, in those markets. I mean, like... What do you have to say? So our 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 last guest at it, or uh, Marcus Hudcutter at at, at eight forty said he thought pe money people were just just rotating away from crypto and into this stuff, and I don't know how much I buy that. But like, what do you when, you when you say this stuff? Do you mean like the the meme stocks? Yeah, like away from okay. no away from crypto into like AMC because like why else wouldn't crypto be going up? I, I, I the logic, but I don't know if I buy that. Like, what do you think? Why? Do you have any explanation? Is, is yeah. So two things. One, I, I don't buy that. And the other thing is I, I, so I do, my primary coverage is ETFs in the asset management industry. And I, but I specialize in like specifically, like I also cover the crypto markets with our commodities analysts at Bloomberg, okay. but I, I specialize in any crypto funds. So I cover all the global ETFs that invest in crypto securities. And then uh, I've, I'm adamantly following the race for a Bitcoin ETF. And I do a lot of coverage on these grayscale trusts that are just, as far as I'm concerned, they're broken. I, the SEC really screwed up there. But well, well, to, to well, answer your question, yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, to answer your question, I I don't think um, I think there's a lot of genuine concern there. One thing that I don't see being talked about enough, which I know people will tell me it's FUD and I and all this other stuff, but there I think there's genuine concern that there should there could be some ramp downs on on crypto going forward. Like every, I think there should be some concerns. I granted, I think there should be more regulation. I think it's coming to the space. Gary Gensler said he wants to bring it to space. There's plenty of other people talking about bringing regulation. Honestly, tell us the rules so we know what the rules are and going forward, everyone can follow and set the standards so that people can go out and follow. And you talk to anyone in the space, for the most part, that's what they're going to tell you. I mean, granted, there are some people who are like, no regulations, no nothing, blah, blah, blah. But right. the, there's a lot of concern. I mean, look at what happened with the pipeline on the East Coast of, of the US. 
ransom was paid in Bitcoin, what's going on in Ireland with the healthcare system, ransom is being asked for in Bitcoin. And I think politicians and people are going to be paying more attention because Bitcoin has gotten so big that this is what all the, this is, I mean, granted, I know it's traceable. I know it's not as anonymous as many people uh, seem to think. Like if you talk to most people and they just think it's completely untraceable, obviously false, but they do want Bitcoin. They want to be paid in crypto. And I think the risk of that security and regulations and what may come down from that, I think, are being slightly understated by a lot of people that are talking about it. All right. Why is GBTC broken? And does this uh, does that um, uh, also apply to the other Grayscale products like ETH, et cetera? Yeah. So I, this is like I got to be careful how long I talk here because I can talk for like 30 minutes on this topic. But yeah. well, I first I want to say is Grayscale is doing what they can. Right. Like Grayscale is if it were up to them, they would have launched an ETF. Right. Like this, this right. wouldn't even be a situation. We wouldn't be having this conversation. But the SEC won't allow an ETF. They won't allow a redemption program in these products. We can get into the legalities and the regulatory side of that, but it's just not allowed because the SEC needs to give right. like a special approval acceptance to allow them to do this. But the problem is the way these products work. So for GBTC and ETHE, they're SEC reporting companies. So essentially there's this six month lockup and there's other products. There's like a one year lockup. So one, you have to be an accredited investor to enter these products. And two, there's the lockup of shares. So it's either 12 months or six months. So what's happening is, if you look at an ETF, right, the supply and demand of shares can change intraday. So if there's too much supply, all of a sudden there's going to be market makers out there getting rid of those shares. And basically what happens is the price of that product comes to meet the nav of that product, the underlying value of those securities. So every day there's somebody there arbitraging away any sort of mispricing in the underlying asset, yep. or in this case, in the actual ETF or fund. Um, but that doesn't exist with GBTC, ETHE, these other trust, BitW from Bitwise, uh, OBTC from Osprey. Um, the, it, there's no way to do it, right? There's this lockup period. So the shares that are coming online are just prearranged from six months ago. So we're getting a flood of new shares right now that should stop in August. Um, and then there's all same thing is going on with ETHE. So what happens is all these shares come to market and if there's not enough commensurate demand as those shares come to market, then all of a sudden that that premium is down bound to go down, or in this case, the discount is worse, likened to get worse. And there's just no way to to get around this. Now, one way they did it is they stopped creations in these products because they've gotten so damn big, essentially. But I mean, at, at this point, there's there's not much much else they can do. And there's a lot of people complaining about this, saying they need to do something to fix it. But I didn't hear people complaining about it when this thing was trading at 110% premium. When I was tweeting, this thing is broken. We're going to see the same issues going the opposite direction, but people seem to only care because it's trading at a discount now, despite this thing for the vast majority of its history, trading at massive premium. So you had, and the, so then this goes back to the other issue where it was basically accredited investors, PE funds, hedge funds, high net worth individuals right. taking advantage of retail traders who are trying to get access to crypto in their IRAs. So you're buying GBTC at a 25% premium when... And now it's trading at a 10% discount or whatever it may be. And it's just not efficient for the retail trader. It's not efficient for anyone, except a high net worth individual who got to take advantage of that premium arbitrage. So what's what's the end game here? I mean, we don't have any uh, ET, uh, crypto ETFs in the US yet. Uh, but Grayscale has said, hey, we're going to convert to an ETF as soon as we're allowed to. Um, but what, like, what, what is the end game for, for these products? Yeah, the end game is converting to an ETF. That that's what's going to happen to these products. I think in the in the 
eventual future. Um, six months ago or four months ago, I would have said it's going to happen in 2021. Um, with all the stuff that's happened with the GameStop meme stocks and all that stuff, I think the SEC has other things to worry about. There's plenty of other stuff. I think crypto is kind of put or crypto ETFs are going to be put a little bit on the back burner. I was also very bullish on a crypto ETF approval because Gensler was coming to office who he taught a blockchain class at MIT. I've watched a lot of it on the, on the internet. Cause you can just go in, into MIT's website and watch it for free. The guy knows more about blockchain and crypto than most people out there pumping crypto. Um, and so I was kind of bullish on him just getting in and trying to democratize the space, but he's, he's very worried about fraud, which makes sense. There's a lot of fraud. There's a lot of scams going on out there. There's a lot of Ponzi like crypto coins and all these other stuff out there. And I think he's more concerned with that than getting, uh, getting an ETF out there. So I don't know if we're going to see it in 2021, but eventually when it happens, these products will convert at some point. Now, I think we're going to get a Bitcoin product first, and then maybe we'll get Ethereum, and then maybe we'll start getting some of these other index products or other individual securities, who knows. Um, but the only way that doesn't happen is if there's a huge crampdown on crypto investing in the US, and we'll see if that happens. I, don't, I hope it doesn't happen, but it's definitely not a 0% chance. Wait, did I miss this, or was I just mistaken? Is BITQ, is that is that a Bitcoin, quote-unquote Bitcoin ETF? Uh, that's it. That that's, uh, the Canadian one, right? I think that's a Canadian one. Uh, Tony and Chad saying we have one in the U S. Oh, yeah. 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 So that's the crypto. So that's the crypto industry ETF. There's a bunch of them. So there's also block from another LCN. Okay. What I meant when I said that Tony was like, there's no ETF, like, just like you have like, um, a USO, right. A a commodity, like a, a, a trust that owns oil in ETF form. There's no equivalent for Bitcoin in the US, they have yeah. Canada. Correct, so we have them in Canada, they've been in Europe for years, for many years. I mean, there were Swedish ETNs holding Bitcoin and Ether like in 2016 or 2015, um, but there's nothing in the US. So these, these US products that you're talking about, like BitQ, which you're correct, that's from that's Bitwise, They launch, it's an equity ETF. Um, so we also, right. there's also one from Block that's been around, Block, B-L-O-K. It's actually outperformed GBTC <laughs> since Block's inception. It holds GBTC, but it holds a lot of mining companies, Galaxy Digital, things like that, equity securities that um, have high correlation or, or involved in the, uh, the crypto right. universe or marketplace. Right. Um, okay. Uh, we're on with James uh, Seyford from Bloomberg Intelligence. He's an ETF analyst, uh, specializes in alternative assets and crypto and and, and the like. Um, I, I guess if I can ask you to throw out a, throw out a data or a number, do you have a, a ETA on, on a Bitcoin ETF? You said maybe not as soon as we had originally thought. How many applications are there? Like a half dozen now? I know VanEck got, got some. So the date, it's so... Depending on who you talk to, so Dave Nadig. Don't give me a date. Give me like a quarter. Like a quarter. Okay. Yeah. I, I thought Q4 2021. That's what okay. I've been saying since the the since the Van Eck filing came out. Yeah. So the Van Eck was the most recent published updated filing of this new – there's basically been seasons of filings or years. Um, so this most recent one, Van Eck filed at the end of 2020 – their date. So then the, the whole process, you file an S1 or a prospectus, right. and then you have to file this thing called a 19B4, which is like a filing for a rule change to allow these ETFs okay. to exist. That rule change filing starts a clock, right? So once the SEC acknowledges it and puts it on their public register for comment, so anyone out there can go and comment on these these things saying, I never allow this, or you should allow this, or whatever, you, whatever right. it may be. Um, that starts a clock. That clock for Vanek, which was the first one to file that 19 before, ends on around November 10th. 
So I was thinking they're going to push off because they can delay like four or five times. And then all of a sudden at that date, they either have to say yes or no. I thought eventually they were going to approve it once Gensler has been in a seat long enough. Um, but after the comments from Gensler, I'm not so sure that's going to happen. I really do think it's going to happen in 2022 at the latest. Um, yeah. And if it doesn't, we might never get it. Honestly, that's a, that's what the kind of the at the point that I'm at. But I, but there's nine current filings, and that doesn't include um, Bitwise, who hasn't filed more recently. But they did, as you just mentioned, they launched BitQ, which is the actual equity security uh, right. crypto tracker. Doesn't include Grayscale, so that would so now we're at eleven. And it doesn't imp- include Osprey, which is now, which has OBTC. They're launching o- products. There's talks of them merging with Coinbase or getting acquired by Coinbase. So there's 12 different issuers out there in the public trying to launch an ETF. And I know for a fact there are other issuers that are just kind of sitting in the sidelines that have filed in the past. You have Direction, who's filed for stuff, ProShares, these leverage ETF miners, and other commodity pr- pr- other commodity ETF issuers are like, we want to launch a futures Bitcoin futures product, but the SEC in the past has basically like swatted their hand away. It's like yeah, we're coming to launch, and then they just swat them away. Forget um, Bitcoin ETF. When can I get a leveraged Bitcoin ETF? That's what we need, I think. That's well, what- they. <laughs> I I mean, honestly, the my thing is everyone keeps saying like the SEC is worried about volatility. Junior gold miners ETFs, 3X inverse and 3X bull are way more volatile than even a, a leveraged yeah. like Bitcoin ETF would be. Um, so I volatility isn't the issue. Okay. I don't know when we're going to see them. I mean, it's, it's almost guaranteed that it's going to happen when they get launched. I think we'll see an inverse one first. Um, we, there's one inverse one in Switzerland. There's an inverse Bitcoin fund and there's an inverse Bitcoin fund in Canada. HIBT, I think is the ticker. Um, so they're out there. I think we'll get one times inverse and then right. eventually maybe a two X, three X. We'll see. All right, James uh, Safer has been out with us. He's from Bloomberg Intelligence. James, uh, it's been a pleasure, man. Thanks a lot for coming on. Thanks for having me. All right. Uh, you heard the bell a few minutes ago. That means we are open. Let's bring up my Benzinga Pro, my scanner tool with a chart. So here's AMC. This is a two-day, five-minute chart. Each candle is five minutes uh, going back this yesterday now. So AMC is... No surprise, your leader to out of the gate here today, as I mentioned uh, to James, my general um, philosophy with regards to the, the market win right now is that you've got this reopening trade plus this, um, whatever you want to call it, uh, heavily shorted trade where it, se- it seems like stocks that have a high short interest are being are being pumped up. AMC, obviously your leader, but it's, it's GameStop, um, it's BlackBerry, uh, it's Fubo. It's Nikola here. You know, let's bring up all those charts so we can take a look. So we got uh, AMC. How's GameStop doing this morning? GameStop. Uh, GameStop is 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 lacking AMC. AMC the clear leader here, which is interesting. You got BlackBerry, as I mentioned. Oh, look at that BlackBerry chart. We're, we're almost at eleven here. We're going to be at eleven in a few seconds. Um, what else did I say? Um, I said I said Nikola. Quiet this morning. Quiet this morning. But well, no, I should rephrase. Quiet since the opening bell, um, but not really quiet the last couple of days. Uh, Fubo. God, I, I I wanted to buy this yesterday, and I honestly I, I just got so busy I forgot. That happens to me a lot. Where like I I want to buy stuff, and I get so busy during the day that that because I you know I I'm I'm doing things I like forget. And it gets to be like three thirty, and I'm like, "crap, I'm on a stream with Joel. I, I can't. I, I'm out of time." So, so I, I I wanted to buy this yesterday. I forgot to do it. I'm annoying to myself. I maybe I'll buy it today, but 
have to look at the tape a little bit. Uh, so Fubo up again. Uh, Ride who talked about with with Marcus uh, keeps on going, keeps on going. Who else? Uh, uh, Nicola, I brought up. Uh, what about like Roblox? Do you guys see Roblox the past couple of days? Let's, let's zoom out. Let's go to let's go to a five day chart on Roblox. Very nice movement there. Um, what else? Workhorse. You guys see Workhorse? Oh my gosh. His moves are in, 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 not insane, but just tremendous, tremendous. Right? Oh, look at Overstock. Um, I get I, I get some daily research from Wedbush, uh, and and they always uh, they, they always tell me who um, they always tell me the most inbound calls they got, like the most the stocks that they got called about the most yesterday. Not called, but you know, call instant message, whatever. And yesterday it was Overstock. Um, they got a lot of questions about Overstock yesterday. So that's up uh, again here this morning. Um, I'll never forget that Overstock was the best performing stock of 2020 um, from not for the whole year, but from the bottom in March to like August, right? Let's go to like a one-year chart. But look at that. Look at that insanity. Let's go to a two-year chart, actually. Best, perform- best performing stock in the market from March to August, right there, Overstock.com. And and. Hats off if you held it this long. You got diamond hands on this one. Hats off to you because you you experienced a major major drawdown. You went from uh what like one, you went from one thirty something down to like fifty. So hats off to you if you're still in overstock because you're back at ninety one now. Um yeah, Palantir too. Let's 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 put that one. That's a, that's on my list as well. Um, go to a two day chart. Oh my god. So yeah, th- th- I saw there was news. Let's scroll down here. On the Benzinga Pro, I saw there was news. They got this eleven hundred. What I say, eleven hundred, one hundred eleven million dollar contract. Uh, I thought it was like a only like a two year contract. Um, it does seem like they get these contracts all the freaking time, and yet the stock doesn't really move. Oh, you see, it's right up there in the in the why is it moving? Um, they do seem to be uh, always uh, announcing PRs that they that they they won new contracts. And, and obviously, you guys know as well as I do that the stock doesn't hasn't typically react to those. So, uh, I think this is just a, a combo of like out of favor um, stocks catching bids, right? This is obviously a, a social media stock, a Reddit stock, but just because it gets love on Reddit doesn't mean it has to go up, right? I mean, let's let's pull up a uh, um, no, let's go to let's go to my chart tool. Actually, no, let's go back. Let's pull up a year to date chart on on Palantir, right? Kind of speaks for itself. Interesting that we're at this 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 level here, this twenty four dollar level, where we had some resistance uh, about about a month ago. Um, but Palantir is moving again. What else are you guys looking at? Did I bring up Beyond Meat? I don't even remember. Bynd, that's moving, <laughs> moving down today now. All right, they had no news, right? No news on Beyond Meat. Um, but uh, let's zoom out and go to like a, a one month chart on Beyond Meat. Oh man, this thing did nothing. This thing did nothing for so long, right? It's just been like up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down. And now all of a sudden in the last month, it's 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 gone up 50%. Crazy, right? Um, PaySafe. We, we got asked about PaySafe at the, at the top of the show, and I, I, I didn't get the chance to bring it up. Um, it's the former SPAC, right? No, it wasn't. It was an IPO. Um, don't know what to tell you uh, in this one. I mean, in the sense that, look, I mean, the the market that we're in right now, selling has generally been a bad idea, right? I mean, how we've even proven time and time again 
that if you just hold on long enough, you'll probably get a bailout. Um, that's not advice. That's just an observation. Um, it comes down to how much pain can you take? I don't know uh, when you're... Uh, yeah, thank you, Chris. It, 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 it was this back. Um, how, how much pain can you take? You, you're, you're not really... In the grand scheme of things, you're not really down that much, right? I mean, what, what, what's, the, what's the all-time high in, in pay safe? Uh, go back. Um, oh, this, see, this is only going from, uh, from the conversion, so, so you can't see. But I think the all-time high is like, what, 20? I'll be around 20. So you're down like 50%, which like is bad, obviously, but there are specs that are down way more than that. Um, so how much pain can you take? And, and, and if you're down and if you're feeling the pain, like let this be a lesson in, in, in pain tolerance, right? We all have an uncle point. We all have a point where we're like, we're, I'm done. I'm done. Can't do it anymore. I'm done. Um, maybe you're learning that with pay safe now. Um, somebody asked, it keeps asking about this stock. They had a, a reverse split today. Um, and it's kind of a, a crappy one. So if you see a stock up, like, you know, thousand percent, uh, it's not actually up a thousand percent. I don't, I don't even remember what, what the ticker was now, but, uh, we got asked about that several times during the show. All right. Let me bring on my man, dyslexic drew, who is in the office for the first, I think the first time ever. This is cool. This is exciting now. Cause we got all these people. These these uh, team members at Benzinga that that have been working for us, that have been remote, that we've never actually met in person, and Drew is one of those guys. I've never actually met Drew in person. Let's bring him on, man. Drew, what's up? How are we doing, Spencer? Uh, finally in the office. First time seeing you today, and it's not in person. What's up with that? <laughs> well, we're in different rooms because uh, we. <laughs> this is what a problem that that, that we're going to have now um, is we spent the last eight months or so just like doing whatever we wanted in the office as far as space space was not an issue we have like cameras set up in the middle of the, in the middle of the room with you know lights and stuff and nobody was here so it was fine but now that we got people coming in it's going to be a, a bit of a problem i think we so we're gonna have to figure that out but uh good to see you how's it going a long time no talk yeah. Uh, what, what have you been, what have you been, uh, watching you, you long and strong AMC or what? Unfortunately, I did not catch the AMC okay. wave. Um, I don't know. Kind of shocked me. Definitely following crypto a lot here, uh, with this pullback going on, but I think there's some, uh, interesting plays, right? You know, I'm a big Palantir guy. That's up almost 5% today, kind of rallying back from a low at 16. So glad to see that and coming back strong. And then uh, there's some uh, really interesting plays too, like uh, Affirm or Affirm. I never say this. Uh, affirm? Affirm. That, that I one? say that wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even a hard one, man. Yeah. There are so many words that are harder than Affirm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but that's coming down to a low and kind of making a little bit of a nice cup there. Yeah, I see that. Um, they IPO'd, right? They were hot. Everyone yep. was looking at them. I know Snow had a really nice day yesterday first uh positive earnings there so some uh possible value plays does value investing even exist anymore i don't know um what's your thoughts on that spencer on, on a firm yeah well so it was an ipo right yeah it was a pretty recent ipo yeah all right so those of all not all um here you know what drew i'm gonna bump you up a little bit here they're saying you're a little quiet uh so so let's see if that does the trick um They've a lot of these have been beaten down, right? Like punished. Um, why? Why are you long a firm? Are you longing for a trade? 
Yeah, I think they have a great business model. Um, All right, I mean, so, so you're not so, longing for a trade. I'm not long for a trade, but I think it is starting to set up for a pretty good trade, right? It had some really nice support right in the 70s, and now it's at 65, and it's still kind of holding, even kind of pushing back up. And I think, you know, when you're getting in a trade like this, you definitely focus more on the te technicals, and, yeah, it's pushing up. It's kind of coming from a low. But their business model is something that, you know, is the future right the future of credit it's it, yeah it, it's, it's kind of like rent a center right and th i'm not saying that as like an insult but that's kind of the model right uh i'm not too familiar with rent a center's business model but this is let's say you want to get the new playstation 5 you want to get a pair of yeezys off stock x right and you don't have a thousand dollars in your bank account maybe right. you know you're getting paid 250 you're building up but you want that thing now right if that's a definition of uh, gen z or maybe a millennial like yourself uh, i don't know what isn't so you know it lets people buy things now you don't need a credit card and you just make payments and i believe they have they charge zero apr which is nice so uh, really? it's pretty interesting yeah so oh um, that's cool <laughs> yeah it's pretty, it all right so, so they're not trying to like totally gouge you okay yes yeah, so cool, they have like a business model like no fees but they're still making a pretty uh, sizable How? Uh, profit. How? Yeah, so I don't know the exact percentages, but I know, like, let's say you buy a pair of Yeezys, $1,000. They would only pay, like, StockX or, like, you know, Adidas, $900, right? So they still capitalize off the $100, and they're getting these companies' sales that would not be po possible um, without them. So they basically convince retailers, like, hey, here's a sale that you wouldn't have gotten if not for us. Give us a cut. Exactly. Huh. That's not bad. That's not bad. I dig it. Um, here, let's go back to overall market here, and then we'll talk about stocks that you and I are watching. Um, just I'm, I'm watching all these meme stocks, like I said, here. Bed Bath & Beyond. Let's look at BBBY today. Um, oh, my God. It's going to 30. It's going to 30. Here's a five-day chart on Bed Bath. This was silliness because, like, on on Tuesday, I, I got in here and I was like, oh, man, you know, AMC, GameStop are going up, but, like, the rest of the meme stocks aren't doing diddly squat. And now here they are two days, three days later, and they're all playing catch-up. Nokia. 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 Looking like a laggard. Looking like a laggard. Up almost 3% today. Um, not much of a move. If you look at the month, three months is up, but... Some room to run. What do you think, Spencer? Nokia, some room to run back to ten, where it <laughs> almost got in January. Um, I don't know. I do know we have a short interest, uh, a short, yeah, short interest reporting date coming up um, in the next week, I believe. Um, so, because I don't think we have, a, we had, we don't have current information on any of these uh, short interest um, numbers. So. I, I don't do dude, dude, I have absolutely no idea. It's like look, you, we all everybody um is like the, the way you think about markets is is heavily influenced by the people that teach you, right? And so the people that I've learned the most from are Joel and Dennis. And what I've learned from them is you you, you these things are impossible to really predict and you can't it, it, it can be hard to control your risk. So I have no idea what to think on a stock like like Nokia, right? Like, like could it go back to ten? Sure, why not? It it, it did it, it did it once. Why not twice? So I have yeah. no idea. I have, I have absolutely no idea. Um, do you do you have a thought on Nokia? Are you do you own this thing? I do not. It should be okay. interesting to see what the uh, short interest looks like. 
So we'll definitely be keeping an eye for that. But I mean, support at around four dollars, you know, call that twenty percent risk, maybe to the downside. Obviously, can push beyond that and break down. But I mean, if this thing goes up to ten, that would uh, that would look pretty good. So maybe uh, an options play coming. I think that'd probably be the best way to play this, and you know, limit your risk uh, yeah. to the extent that you can. And psycho psychotropic. Uh... Thunder is saying that's when you 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 do a straddle. Yeah, you could. Straddles are like too complicated for me though, so I'm <laughs> I'm just not gonna mess with that. Um, I'm looking at these crypto stocks today, right? Riot is down. Mara, Mara is down. Speaking of Mara, we're gonna have the CEO of Mara on pre market prep. Well, let me tell you when. That's gonna be on the the ninth, I think June 9th. Yes, June 9th, Fred Thiel, the CEO, no relation to Peter Thiel, the CEO of Marathon Digital, MARA, June 9th, 9 a.m. Anyway, the stock is down uh, this morning. What about BTBT? Uh, oh, all right. That's ugly. Um, all, all these Bitcoin stocks. What about Coinbase? We'll talk about Coinbase for a couple of days. That's not it. That's it. Oh, man. This thing. I don't, what, what, what do you think of Coinbase, Drew? Do you first of all do you use Coinbase? Yeah, I actually do use Coinbase. Me too. Me too. But exchanges are are here to stay, right? And there's a lot of different ways you can transact uh, crypto. You know, you can use something like Pancake Swap, Sushi Swap. Right. Um, you know, there's, they're not the only player. They're definitely the biggest. I think. You know, I just signed my mom up for Coinbase. You know, she nice. buys Ethereum on the nice. dip, so I helped her out there. But. Um, you know, Kathy Woods is bullish on it, which is nice to see. But if you looked at kind of how their revenue is put up against, you know, let's say an, another big exchange, uh, they're definitely pretty like low. I think they're like maybe like less than 50% of a big exchange, you know, stock exchange. But will they ever reach that? It's, it's really hard to say, you know, Bitcoin's market cap might hit a trillion, right? The whole stock market cap is a few, like, I believe it's like almost a hundred trillion or more. So it's hard to say if they'll ever reach that. I mean, they make money during volatile times, and this has to be one of the most volatile times you ever see with Bitcoin. So, you know, are other revenues going to continue to exceed, exceed, exceed? I don't know. I think if you really want to get into a crypto play like this, you got to wait for Bitcoin to make a nice dip and where people get out, right? This thing was almost at, or it went up to 400 on IPO day. It's almost at 50% discount. Um, I think this thing could continue to go on discount. What's your thoughts, Spencer? Yeah, I mean, I use Coinbase, but that's, that's, that is not an endorsement. I, I used it because um, it, it was the first one that I saw in the app store. And I was like, oh, yeah, I know this company. They're not going to, like, screw me over. But I, I, I know I know it's probably not the best exchange um, in terms of uh, fees, uh, in terms of interest. Uh, I know I know that there are better exchanges out there. It's just the one that I use. Um, but h- how can you be excited about – okay, so Coinbase, in a sense, is actually a value stock. If, if, if you look at their, their, their revenue uh, uh, or, or their, their forward earnings – uh, I think that the Ford P on Coinbase is like 32. That's what it says there in Benzinga Pro. So that's like pretty cheap. So from that point of view, it's not bad. But I mean, how can you be excited about a stock that has basically gone straight down since, since it's direct listing? You know, I mean, it's, I guess it's off the low. It was at 208 two weeks ago. It's at 241 now. But I don't know, man. 
Yeah, I, I I trust them too. Like I trust them, which is why I use them. But that's that's not indicative of you know whether or not they're the best. They're probably yeah. Not. They're probably not. I mean, uh, you go ahead. We had a billion of revenue, sixty-two billion, sixty-one billion dollar uh, enterprise value. Still, still expensive. You, uh, well, I'm not saying it's cheap, <laughs> um, but it's also like not insane. It's not insanely expensive either. Um, I want to talk. We didn't talk Apple today. I want to talk Apple, guys. Check this out. We this. I'm going into my ratings tab in Benzinga Pro. Okay, this is my ratings tool. I have an, a calendar for analyst ratings. All right, these are ratings that that come out from the sell side firms on on Wall Street. Okay, we had a downgrade this morning. Uh, New Street Research, right? New Street Research downgraded Apple to sell. This. This almost never happens. Okay, this is this calendar is sorted by date. I got the most recent ratings up up top, and the oldest ones at the bottom. Let's watch and see how far back I have to scroll to find the last downgrade to sell in Apple. We got a downgrade to neutral uh, last August. We had initiation at a sell in July, but give me a downgrade to sell. Give me a down. There we go. April seventeenth. Right in the midst of COVID craziness, Goldman Sachs went to sell on Apple. Pre-split during COVID. That was the last time we got any analyst firm coming out saying, we are going to downgrade our uh, our rating on Apple from neutral to sell. It almost never happened. Before that, how far back we got to go before that? Uh, uh, January of last year. January of last year in Atlantic Equities. Um, so, look, we know that these, these firms are almost exclusively, at least the big firms, are almost exclusively bullish Apple. Um, it's been that way for years, as you as you just saw. Um, but this is this is like your your analyst call of the day, because it, it's so rare to see an, an Apple downgrade to sell. Um, so it is lagging a little bit. Not much. I mean, it's up uh, twenty uh, about twenty cents today, and the overall market's up a little bit more than that, not by a whole lot. So, a very interesting, very interesting call on Apple here. And while we're on it, let's just go back to the calendar and let's just take a look at um, ratings for today. So, this is um, what's today's the twenty eighth, right? Yeah. All right. Let's go to. Uh, change our date range we'll go may 28th we'll just look at today i always sort by action so i can see my upgrades up top my downgrades in the bottom um as far as upgrades not much today not seeing a whole lot um no none of these interest me these are smaller names they don't really interest me what about downgrades scroll down what about downgrades for today um Auto home, no, not interest me. There's the Apple one that I mentioned. Uh, so it looks like Barclays is out on transports because they're downgrading KSU um, to underweight. I'm always more interested in 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 upgrades to buy or downgrades to sell slash underweight. Right? Neutral is whatever. Neutral does not get me excited. Buy gets me excited. Sell gets me excited. Everything else is, I think, kind of noise. Right. So if you want to know how to get here, you go to pro.benzinga.com. You go to your uh, you go to your calendar widget, and you go to analyst ratings. Um, that's how you get this information. 
back to my scanner tool. And actually, while we're on the topic of Benzinga Pro, I just want to remind everyone, we do have a special offer going right now. Uh, if you go to pro.benzinga.com, enter the promo code 30DAYS, it's up there on the, on the screen, 30DAYS, you will get your first month of Benzinga Pro for $9.97. I think that's on top of a two-week free trial, which everybody gets automatically. So we're talking six weeks of Benzinga Pro for nine. 97 um you can't really beat that honestly it's it's kind of a risk-free thing for you because if if you try it and it's not for you great you just pay ten dollars but one trade can uh, one one piece of intelligence from benzinga pro can more than make up for that uh of course i recommend it it's our own service i'm biased but um honestly for ten dollars for six weeks pretty pretty damn risk-free there um what else all right let's catch up on chat uh, i apologize chat i was sort of off on my own thing for a minute there um rkt yeah okay how is rkt because yeah. this was a meme stock and then it wasn't and uh, it's not really it's not i mean it was yesterday got what did it get to yesterday guys are over 19 but it's not really it's up what one at 1.7 percent today I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what to think of this, dude. Well, do you have any thoughts? Because it, it seems like it's like a pseudo meme stock. <laughs> yeah, it's weird because it's such a like solid fundamental company, right? Right. And um, I think it was a bit shorted, and it kind of doubled there for a day. Good exit if you if you caught it. Um, but this thing hasn't moved too long off um, its IPO price, right? I think it IPO'd. It was going to do seven or it was going to do 15. I think they ended up doing 17.5, 17.50 there. Um, and it's, you know, just a buck off that. So personally, I think it's a good hold. Um, it's weird to see that there's some call volume coming in. Uh, this thing hasn't moved too much, but it's a solid value play, right? Are interest rates going to continue to stay low for a while? I mean, that's kind of the biggest concern, right? A lot of people refinance. They, they've already done a lot with their mortgage here. Um, how much more is going to happen for this thing to continue to run up? Are they going to put up some crazy numbers? I don't know. I think that's why it hasn't moved too much. I think there's a lot of, you know, big banks and whatnot that have, you know, they're not really buying these type of stocks right now um, just because interest rates are at a record low. Okay. Yeah. I, you're right about the fundamentals are rock solid. And I, and I think that's a bearish thing, right? Because nobody wants that. Nobody wants solid fundamentals. <laughs> nobody, nobody cares. Everybody wants AMC. Speaking of. Where, where are we at? Yeah. The problem is they make money and, you know, why would you buy a stock that makes why, money? Why would I do that, Drew? Why would I want a stock that makes money? That's boring. Yeah. G- I mean, g- give me a stock that's got, like, crazy projections. Like, like give me NEO, right? Look at NEO here, up 1% this morning, going to 40. I mean, why, why would I want a stock that actually make, has, has real earnings? I don't know. doesn't make sense to me. Um, back to the <laughs> chat. What are you guys looking at uh damon is asking about surf any opinions on surf uh besides the fact that i see this mentioned in chat frequently i don't actually know much about it so let's go down to a news feed uh let's go to a bz wire here news feed here let's see if we have any headlines oh we got some headlines so there was a uh some drug news out a couple weeks ago but we have an uh, initiation i just scrolled right past this in the, in the in the calendar there but btig is out with a buy rating on surf I'm going to $17 price target. So let's take a look because I bet you surf has very little uh, main, um, mainstream sell side coverage. So 
go go into the calendar. Oh, so we, we don't even have anything, right? So this thing has almost no coverage uh, from from the sell side. So one initiation on a stock that has no coverage can do that. So even though it's BTIG, they're they're notable, but they're not like the most influential firm. Uh, and it's only an, it's only an initiation, and it's one firm uh, that can be enough to to juice it. And so it's up five and a half percent today uh, on that. Let's let's zoom out, and if we can see if any levels jump out to us, um, not really. Does anything jump out jump out to you here? Uh, I, I, don't, I don't I don't see anything too big. I know uh, someone put MindMed in the chat. Okay. <laughs> MNDN. Or I, M. Yeah. It's a hard one for me. Yeah. <laughs> M and MD. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I had to type that in three times. No. Uh, <laughs> that is a tough one, though. So, right, they IP, are they an IPO? They switched to NASDAQ very right. recently. They're they OTC. They, they pink right. sheet. Um, you know, a classic Wolf of Wall Streeter. No, um, but now they're they're on the Nasdaq, right? So they're legit. They're gonna get some uh, eyes on them, dude. W- look at this. What a this was like the this may be like the most classic sell the news thing I've ever seen in my life, right? Because that that first pop, that was the day they announced the uplist. That April twenty second day, right? That was when they announced it, and the top. Was the day that it went? It happened, April twenty sixth. What a classic sell the news event. Yeah, I mean, it definitely was a good time to sell. I hope no one here was buying there. Uh, I remember I was looking at it and I was like, you know, I've always wanted to get a piece of this stock. It's something that you know could have astronomical changes in the healthcare industry. Um, but I feel like a really good time to try and play this is a time when cannabis starts to rally, right? Because that's when people might start looking for some alternative plays. They might think about what's coming next. You know, I believe Oregon was the state. I might be wrong here. Correct me if I am wrong. But I think Oregon legalized uh, yeah, they did. mushrooms yeah, they did. And, and psychedelics. And Cal- they did in California is about to. Yeah, right. So, you know. This is a crazy thought that I'm sure there's a lot of analysts that are saying, you know, that's way too far out. Like, there's no way I could see any of that stuff happening, or maybe it's way too hard to, you know, forecast. But it, it definitely has some upside potential if you believe in that story. Yep. So there are two here, right? There's Compass, CMPS, and there's MindMed, MNMD. Those are the two psychedelics plays that are public right now. Um, man, that, 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 that my med chart scares the crap out of me, and I'll tell you why. Um, I have been long and strong for the four largest U.S. cannabis stocks uh, for a while now, Cureleaf, Cresco, TrueLeaf, and Green Thumb, and they're all OTC because they can't be on the on exchange. But whenever cannabis gets legalized federally in the U.S., uh, they'll be able to uplist. And I've been long. One of the, one of the reasons I am long these stocks is for that inevitable uplist because it basically just takes the handcuffs off and allows like all the real money to come in. But if they're going to do what my mid did, then like I'm get I, I, that that does not make me feel good. Granted, we only have a, a, what a month of data on this on this my mid uplist, but you know the the pop is great, the drop is not. Uh, if 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 my stocks like 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 this makes me want to sell. When, when, like, it might take a couple of years for us to get the uplist news on on cannabis. Um, uh, I, I would assume it's going to happen in, in this administration, but but you never know. But if, if they're going to do what uh, what my med 
dude, then then I'm 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 getting out. Like when I'm getting out before the Yelp list is what I'm saying. Really? Well, like a because, day before or like the second they release it, that thing's up ten percent. Obviously, shares. obviously, I don't know because this is, we're, we're talking like stuff that's, that hasn't even happened yet, um, yeah. and we have no timeline on it. But like this does not make me feel good. I mean, I, I feel good about the pop, I guess, but I don't feel good about the drop after the fact. So, I don't know. Well, uh, let's just see how my mid shakes out. Let's see. How, I'm I'm watching this on the back burner, not not to buy it, but more so because it's a it's it's an indicator for for my four cannabis stocks that I'm sort of waiting for that uplist for. Um, all right, what what else are is chat seeing? Um, chat's dropping more. Can- oh yeah, also for cannabis, don't we have canopy growth earnings next week? I think we do. Yes, we have earnings confirmed for Tuesday, Tuesday before the market open. So, good call, Drew. Let's have cannabis on our radar for for today and tomorrow. And yeah, wow, look at that moving canopy. Very nice, very nice. That's the type of uh, drop you want to see, right? Right around drops, recovers, and goes on its way right back up. When you zoom up the chart, it's not exactly what it looks like, but right, right. obviously a <laughs> downtrend. There was a lot of dilution and whatnot um, in the past, so it is. Um, I, I don't want to forget about the chat. Uh, Psychotropic Trader Thunder is dropping more, uh, I guess, cannabis tickers in there. I, I don't – look, I, there's a lot of them. I only own the uh, – oh, no, I was talking about psychedelic plays. I'm sorry. I guess they were – I thought they were uh, – yeah, okay. What I meant when I said that there was two psychedelic stocks, I meant there were two psychedelic stocks that trade on exchanges. There's a number of them that don't that are traded on OTC markets, but my main encompass are the, are the two that trade on exchanges. Um, Ebon thoughts, Slicky Ricky. Wonder if he's related to Slick Rick. Um, <laughs> thoughts on Ebon? Ooh, well, the, didn't didn't this have like a regulatory thing just happen here? Yeah, they issued a statement on changes in the regulatory landscape in China and the impact on their company. Here is that statement. It's right there in Benzinga Pro. Um, yeah, I mean, th- this whole sector ha- has, has gotten, um, I mean, here, th- this was on my, I had Ebon on my watch list and I, my Coinbase, um, watch list. And I think I did, I guess not. I think I took it off. Um, regardless, it's, it's, it's been crushed. Absolutely crushed. Let's go to year to date for Ken. Come on, one year, you're, you're to date. Oh my gosh, you're down almost 100. percent Wow, <laughs> almost 100. percent I'm sorry. Wow, it's not fun. Wait, Clyde W says Spencer, answer your phone. Clyde, nobody called me. <laughs> Clyde doesn't have my number. Spencer's no, I, I, number's leaked in the Benzinga chat. Oh no, his email's no, gone. No, my, <laughs> his phone my, number. My number, no. my number is leaked. It's on uh, a stream. It's, I, I dare you to try to find it. You won't be able to. It's on his stream uh, on pre-market prep. Uh, actually, I, I don't even know if it was pre-market prep. It may, it may have been a different show. Jason leaked my number. Um, but I dare you to find it. You won't be able to find it because we have so much content. I, I dare you to try <laughs> with your go through our shows. It wasn't that long ago even. People started yeah. calling me. But uh, Clyde says he has my number. All right. Don't call, don't, don't call me Clyde. <laughs> um, let's see here. Uh, it is ten ten. Time's flying when you're having fun. Again, as I mentioned, guys, we're gonna have the uh, the founder and CEO of Beachbody on the stream here in about an hour, actually, eleven fifteen a.m. Eastern time. We're gonna have Carl uh, Dykeller, and 
Uh, he's the CEO, founding CEO of Beachbody. They are merging uh, or they're being bought by Forest Road Acquisition. Ticker is FRX. Man, see, this is, this is what I'm talking about. Actually, I guess not because uh, I said there were uh, a lot of SPACs down yeah. more, more than 50%, and this one's down about 50% too. But uh, yeah, let's let's zoom in. Let's zoom in on a five-day chart. Uh, that's crazy. That's, that's, oh, man. This is all. Do we have any like real trading action happening in this thing? No, not really. It's just been hovering right around that ten dollars mark, right around the right around par. So, Spacks again, are dead. What? Spacks, Spacks dead? have been dead for a while. The comeback could be insane. Yeah, if these things definitely pick up speed again, a lot of them are near that ten dollars IPO. Yeah, uh, and this is what I said uh, a couple weeks ago on Spacks stack. Right? It's like now, now is the time. To, to have your shopping list, right? Because every SPAC is not every SPAC, but like ninety nine percent of SPACs have gotten just absolutely wrecked. Now is if you if you really have like a real thesis and you've done some research and you've done some DD, now is the time to strike. Not three months ago or six months ago when every SPAC was up. It didn't matter what it what it was doing or what the company was. Um, every SPAC was up. That's not when you want to buy. You want to be buying now if you have a real thesis. If you if you like the company for real long term, understand that it may take a while, but now is the time to have your shopping list. So in that sense, SPACs are not dead, and that's why we're bringing these companies to you because, like, there's no better way than to hear from the company the company themselves, the CEO themselves, about you know future prospects and 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 what why they're doing what they're doing and and why SPAC and why now. Uh, so I'm excited for that one. I'll, I'll be tuning in uh, to that at, at 11.15. Mitch Hodge is back today. So no Spencer on Spectac. He got Chris and Mitch, the usual crew. Um, but I'm excited for that. And we've got the Power Hour coming up after Spectac, as always, at noon. We've got Get Technical with Neil Hamilton at 1. Options Explained with Robert Roy at 2. we got our Zinger Stock Trivia Show, which, Drew, have you done that yet? Is that like the around the? No, L? no, it's different. It's different. No. Uh, Drew, Drew, we'll, we'll get you on trivia today. All right. Awesome. We'll get you on trivia at three o'clock. We got the at the close show, uh, three thirty to four. After that, we got Money Mitch. We haven't done Money Mitch all, all week because he's been out. Money Mitch will be on for four to five, and then we're going to close out the week with technically options in his new time slot. Brad Weber, five o'clock to six, and that'll that, that'll wrap it up for the week. I do also want to also note that. Um, starting, I think, uh, maybe not tonight, but starting on, on, on Tuesday, we're going to start doing reruns, right? Um, so if you missed a show, you can always rewatch our shows, right? They're, they're on YouTube. Uh, they're also available in podcast form. But if you missed a show, we're going to be re-airing like, all of our morning uh, and afternoon programming later on in the evening. Uh, so that'll be a thing. So just because so, we're, we're going to be going longer. Like we were, we, we want to be going longer. We want to be streaming more, and so we have all this content that just sits there. So we thought, why not just re-air it? So we're going to be doing reruns starting next week. I think every every single day. Also, I've not mentioned this yet today, and, and that's shame on me for not doing so. But we are in the midst of our one hundred thousand subscriber giveaway contest. If you hit the subscribe button, that will get us one step closer to actually giving away the giveaway, which is of course a free share of tesla
Anyway, uh, link is in the description of this video. Check it out. Enter the, the YouTube code SLIMERAZ. This is going to be a big thing. We're going to cross 100,000 subs. We're going to give away a free share of Tesla. We're going to throw some crap on, on Jason's head, whatever, whatever, however we even find it. And it'll, it'll, it'll be a fun thing. It'll be a fun thing. It'll, it'll be a beautiful thing. So, again, link in description. Contest uh, active right now. You could win a free share of Tesla. Um, and that's all I have to say about that. What 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 I miss while that was playing? You guys got to smash the like oh, button. Yeah, smash right? If you're already subscribed and you, you want to help us out, you want to get that Tesla share soon because, you know, it's going to go up. I mean, it doesn't <laughs> matter. You're, get, you're getting it regardless. So maybe better if it goes up. But... You know, get it now, right? Maybe if you want to buy some other things. So smash that like button, you know, share this with your boys or your girls or whoever you want to, you know, trade with. And follow me on Spencer, follow me and Spencer on Twitter. And of course, at Benzinga. Um, and yeah, stay up to date. Wait, are you, is your handle really that at dyslexic underscore invest? It is. I might have to change it soon. But, you know, as of now, hit All it right. up. Hit Spencer up too. Yeah, you can follow us. I mean, you can follow me. I, I, I do a poor job of of uh, catching up on, on my mentions. But, yeah, you, you, you can tweet at me, follow me. I sometimes respond, sometimes not. Or DM me. That works, too. Um, okay, let me catch up here. There's a few things that uh, I want to uh, I want to say. A couple more things, and then I'm going to bring Mitch Hodge on, and Mitch is going to um, go through what he's watching and and, uh, and then get ready for, for his stream at 11. I wanted to catch up on – where's my Benzinga Pro? I want to catch up on the earnings stocks. So Costco, let's catch up here. So it's down. This is a uh, no. Let's, let's zoom in. This is a, okay. That's better. There's a two-day, five-minute chart, so you can see Costco uh, down from the open. Actually, down pretty. I mean, two percent is is significant if you consider the fact that the market is up 0.2 percent. The market's up today. Every index is up. Costco's down two uh, percent. And let's scroll down and look at the earnings. I mean, they were amazing. Right, EPS beat, sales beat, comps were up double digits, which is, I mean, for that for a company like Costco is 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 insane. You, you have all the uh, the firms out this morning raising their price targets because they're like, oh my god, this report was so good, and yet short term here we are down two percent. So interesting reaction to Costco. A lot of that probably priced in again i mean this this is like the least surprising report in the history of reports <laughs> right we all had to know that costco was going to blow it away did speaking of costco did bj's report i don't remember i think they did right that helped me out if, if you remember bj's yeah they were out last week and they also crushed it and then look look at that gap oh my god wait i know let's go to one month here that was earnings that was bj's earnings Right there. Wow. They dropped and they bounced and now they're leaking. E. Will will Costco do the same thing? Is a question. Back to a five day. Anyway, still a beast of the company. I love Costco. I don't own the stock. Uh, I mean I I don't own it individually. I, I own it you know, via like an index, but um, or an ETF. But I love I love the stock. I love the company. Um, but short term down two percent. How's Salesforce doing? Because this was one of your big gainers of wow. the market. It has kept on going here today, uh, up s- almost seven percent uh, here at ten eighteen a.m. Eastern time. Uh, I mean, they also crushed it. They and they raised their guidance. But I, again, I don't know what they said about the Slack trend, uh, acquisition. But I, if they gave a timeline, I just didn't see it. I'm sure they did. 
But wow, what a report for Salesforce. And then in that same vein, VEV, Viva Systems, uh, up 11.5% on their reports. So just crushing it, crushing it. Software as a service, man. That recurring revenue. Great stuff. Great stuff. Ooh, Lemonade. There's Lemonade. Didn't they have a tweet go viral? Like, and not in a good way? No. Did, Uh, Did you see that the other day? They had a they had a Twitter thread um, about like their AI, and it went viral, but not in the, the way you want to go viral. And then they deleted it. Here, let me try to pull it up. <laughs> yeah, lemonade. It, I mean, it was at one seventy five uh, early twenty twenty one, but making a little bit of a comeback here. Here, insurance. Yeah, here we go. So, oh wait, you guys can't see my screen. Never mind. Hold on. Let me let me bring up my screen so you can see what I'm talking about. There we go. All right. This is yesterday, right? Uh, two days ago. So we deleted this awful thread, which caused more confusion than, than anything else. Too long. Didn't read. TLDR. We do not use. We are not trying to build AI that uses physical or personal features to deny claims. Uh, we we never let AI auto decline claims. Our systems do not evaluate claims based on background, gender, appearance, skin tone, disability, or, or any physical characteristic, nor do we evaluate any of these by proxy. And then they're like, here's our blog post. So I guess they like had a thread that they got like wrecked on, <laughs> ratioed really hard, and everyone was like, what are you guys doing? And they're like, all right, we should delete this. Anyway, back to uh, back to the stock chart. How's it doing today? Lemonade, LMNE. 6%. Re- IPO. Where's my damn pro? There it is. Up six percent. Do we have a reason, anyone? Just because it's a, a hated stock? Sure. Why not? <laughs> Why not? I believe it's shorted pretty heavily too. So maybe uh, the Reddit trend is continuing up. I believe it was. Was it Bed Bath and Beyond? That was also no. Uh, Beyond Meat was kind of being pushed up on Reddit. Yeah. Oh yeah. Beyond Meat's up again today. At least it was last I checked. What is it up now? I haven't checked for a few minutes. Yep, it's still up six percent. How how's Kathy doing today? <laughs> uh, nothing. How, how's my ARKW? I'm I am long and strong ARKW man. Long and strong. Uh, uh. I got. I got to go back to a two-year chart to get my cost basis. That's a humble brag, but still, sucks to see it fall like that. But anyway, Kathy's not doing much. What about Tesla today? No, no, Tesla's not playing ball. We saw all those EV plays kind of a uh, rocket ship a couple of days ago. Just kind of hanging out today here. Lee, Neo, right? Not really doing much. Speaking about Kathy and Tesla. Oh, my God. Wait, hold on. Wait, real quick. Space is up again. 6% again. God damn. I'm sorry. What were you going to say? No, I was going to. I was actually going to say, speaking about Kathy Tesla, what do we think of these space stocks, right? She made Arc X and Virgin Galactics up pretty big, but Arc has not really moved much. Uh, What, the ETF hasn't? Mm -hmm. Yeah, wow. (laughs) Well, it's because it's weighed down by like. Well, actually, that doesn't make sense because John Deere is up uh, big. So I don't know. I what's here? What's in it? Well, let's let's go to uh, this resource that I use. I'll share my screen here for a second. Um, 
I'll bring up a site that I use uh, that I pay for, uh, etfdb.com. And let's look at uh, ARKX. Let's see what we've got. Holdings. All right. Yeah, first off, it's got their own 3D printing ETF, which is like freaking weird, <laughs> which is like, I don't know how I feel about that. But you got Trimble, which makes sense. L3 Harris makes sense. Iridium makes sense. Lockheed Martin makes sense. Boeing, that all makes sense. You got Amazon, which is like, what? You got JD, which is like, well, huh? Google, which is like, all right, maybe I see it. Um, this is just the top 10. We can download the whole thing, the whole thing here, but we're not going to. But then you got like John Deere in there, and I don't know. I don't know. You're right. It hasn't done it. It hasn't done much. In hindsight, so when did this launch? March 21st. And in hindsight, it was March 21st. Um, well, it wasn't the top, but like, was that like peak Kathy? I don't know. Yeah, I think it was just after that. I mean, these really high growth companies, right? Jamia, kind of one that comes to mind for me. And Neo, Tesla, Palantir, they've all kind of pushed up and kind of consolidated here. So makes sense. But a lot of those names, right? John Deere being a pretty solid blue chip, you know. Wait, I, I, I'm just curious. So you mentioned Jumia just there. So Jumia yeah. CEO, <laughs> CEO was on the show last week, right? Uh, that, was, that was on the 19th. So wait, let's just go back. Let's just see how it's done since we. All right. So it's up a little bit. Nothing to write home about. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm curious if there's like an indicator, like like if being on our, on our show is that like a buy or a sell indicator? I don't know. The Benzinga indicator, maybe the big one, <laughs> maybe. I don't know. Um, what is the coupon code? Uh, uh, someone's asking in chat. The coupon code for Benzinga Pro. I'll put it up on the screen there. Where is it? Thirty days, man. Thirty days. Three zero D A Y S. Thirty days is your coupon code for Benzinga Pro. Again, pro.benzinga.com. You can always, always, always get a free two-week trial. Always. Free two-week trial. Pro.benzinga.com. So, there's that. Uh, I see Money Mitch in the house. Money Mitch, uh, you want you want, you want to hop on for a minute? Tell us about what we're, uh, what we're going to do at, uh, on SPACs today. What you're watching. Let's see if you can jump in. What's going on, guys? Did you guys get your little little flex game on? Gonna get your summer beach body ready. I know you might have that pandemic gut. I got the stock for you to watch today, guys. FRX. Get rid of that pandemic gut. Let's get rid of it. I got one of my own. Gotta get back to the nice six pack. You know, looking great, looking like a G. I, I listen, listen. I had a pandemic gut like four years ago. So <laughs> I, 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 it's I was, time to get rid of it. I was like way ahead of the game there. Well, one of the things is Spencer, I know that you guys have probably been seeing is that the workout game has really changed and now it's coming a lot to your home. Yeah. And, and, you know, we've seen the run of Peloton. Ooh. The real question is, and we're going to talk about it today. FRX can beach body be that next Peloton. They offer a bike half the cost. And I think, you can get wait. just as much out of the bike. Wait, so, wait. You, you know who else just lost a lot of weight? AMC. AMC oh, losing oh, that weight, shedding, oh, shedding that uh, shedding, shedding short fast. squeeze gut. Yeah, we are shutting LBs fast here on AMC. Whoa, we just went from thirty six down to twenty eight. Are we gonna get a halt down? 
that's the question. Oh, no, we're, we're not. We're not that. This isn't. This isn't that crazy. What, what's that pullback so far? What we got there? Uh, I don't know. Math is hard. Uh, about seven percent pullback in the last two candles. Not, not the worst. Not the best. <laughs> but definitely, guys. Yeah, we we need to go ahead and and, and look at how this stock's going to perform. I'm super excited to get that interview in. Um, one of the things that I've been looking at is how um, kind of the personal training game has really changed, and this is why I also talk about Peloton not just being a a, a story about a bike anymore. It's more about the personal training and how that is going to change after the pandemic. Is everyone going to be come coming back to the gyms and trying to get the personal training in the gym, or is it going to be changed? And from now on, you just go ahead and you get that kind of uh, on-demand live action training from your home. And I think this is really a change that's happened and probably here to stay. You know, you know what the thing about the, uh, the fitness, and this was the same argument against Peloton too and against Nautilus, against all these things, is like fitness is – the fitness industry is full of fads. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, is Peloton a fad? I, I don't, I don't know. Uh, unless you think there's like a structural change and, and people working out from home, which I guess this, these yeah, types of things are, are enabling. But, um, yeah, I, that's my idea really is yeah. that did they, did they change the company? At first everyone was talking Peloton's just a bike, right? Um, but I think now if you go on the Peloton and you see their monthly offerings, I mean, we, we talked about it on the show before Spencer about, they got like meditation now, yoga, a whole bunch of different kind of personal trainers giving you different types of offerings, not just, Oh, let me jump on the bike here and ride the bike. So, right. Right. Uh, all right. So, um, you guys are going to be talking to, uh, CEO Beachbody at, at at 11 15. You're going to also take questions from the chat. Um, trying to look forward. Are there any other interviews you got coming up or nothing on the books just yet for next week? Well, yeah. nothing I want to give away just yet, but guys, but we, we got some great things going into next month. Um, one of the things that we've been waiting for is kind of our bottoming action. We have a lot of connections. Um, we're really working towards getting up to the point where we'll get a, a real SPAC event guys. And that, I think SPAC, that's the future. SPAC event. Wait, wait, what is a, a SPAC full event? SPAC event where what we'll take that? over the YouTube all day long. Kick Spencer out. No, nah, I'm just playing. Now Spencer will <laughs> Spencer will handle the morning pre-market preps look into specs, and I'd love to be here that day. We'll get some interviews on there all day long. We'll be going through spec companies, but we're waiting for the the, the big rebound, guys. And I think we're gonna get that. Um, I'm already holding some specs, making some money. So Good. I mean, you, man. Uh, I, I definitely. To dip my toes in on Thursday. The the big thing that Chris and I have been talking about is that DSPAC game. And 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 these these companies have been around for a little while now and actually have some earnings to go off of. Those are the ones that I think you need to put on your radar. Those are the first ones that are going to move. And then we'll get the other hype stocks to come and, and start moving. So one of the uh, patterns that Chris and I are looking forward is after merger, do stocks actually start going back up? Because the pattern has always been after merger, stocks go down. Now we're going to see yeah. if after the merger, we start getting that opposite uh, opposite pattern to start happening. I think that's a very important thing to keep your eyes on. All right. So today, let's look at some sectors, right? What's yeah. moving? What's out there for you guys looking at trade still? Uh, healthcare made a big move up today, guys. Almost up about a percent from the open. It was about a 0.8 and overall 1% now. So healthcare definitely leading in there. You can uh, take a look here to see what's leading. 
medical devices, biotechnology, a, a, a reason why you might have saw that surf up. You know, you know, you asked about why surf was up. This could just be more of an industry outlook yeah, also. Like healthcare, the healthcare yeah. moving yeah. on up, biotechnology leading there, and perfect example of a stock to look at. Another one that I had mentioned yesterday uh, was Givo. Givo is one that I'm going to keep an eye out for, guys. This one's an interesting chart. Has been kind of a, a, a smaller chart pulling back here. We'll see if this one kind of continues moving. But I think we're starting to get some pullback in some of these growth stocks today, Spencer. I was actually taking some profit in certain ones um, just because I, I'm up like, let's say, close to over 5% on the week um, since last week on the overall count. And I think this is a time when you're going to start seeing maybe some pullbacks into the weekend, into the long weekend. So uh, stocks that I've already taken some profit in. I took some profit in CRSR. I uh, took this one off just because I felt it was coming back down towards that 31 or 30 look. So I wanted to see this one hold 33. Since it didn't hold 33 today, took it off, the, took, it off took the profit. It, it wasn't the biggest profit, 7% gain there. But hey, I'll take a 7% gain anytime, guys. MaxR is another one I took off the table today, guys. Feeling like I'm seeing space pulling back. It looked great. I thought it was going to maybe try this gap up here to 38, but today pulling back a little bit, also taking some profit in MaxR. Uh, not a bad move. Moving a little bit back to cash to see if we get a pullback here. Um, but hey, uh, there's some other plays that I'm watching also. Penn, of course, the leading in the game uh, gambling sector, pulling back today. So I might actually get out of my RSI position. We'll see if it can hold my entry here. I'm, I'm closer towards 12.15. Uh, with my with my overall share average, we'll see if this kind of continues. Really wanted to see RSI close about above 13 today. Keeps getting up to 13 and rejecting. So we'll we'll, we'll keep an eye on that one. Um, let me catch up with the chat. What's wait, going wait, on? Wait, wait, wait. I, I want to bring up this this action in space right now, which is absolutely mm-hmm. crazy. This thing is yeah. crazy. Okay, so this is a one minute chart, one minute candles here. <laughs> this thing just j- dipped and bounced right off that what like 30 30 79 cent low somewhere around market right market support right Right, there right yeah this thing just went from 32 to 30 back to 32 within minutes minutes Mm -hmm. there's a wild action here spc uh e has a tendency of doing these moves of extreme up extreme down so almost going from oversold all the way to like uh, kind of overbought to all the way down to oversold and then bouncing back up. Um, One of the things that I've seen is if you look at SPCE on kind of more of a five minute time, you'll see those big pullbacks to support. And this is, this is a stock that loves to go up to resistance back down all the way down to support up to resistance back down all the way to support. So it's a trading stock. A lot of day traders are trading this one, trying to grab it off that support and ride it up to the resistance. And then they just go ahead and sell it right there too. Yeah. And as chat's noting, I mean, the overall market just pulled back a little bit too. So AMC uh, was moving with that as well. AMC also just crazy action happening here, guys. Just wild stuff. You're seeing this 1030 reversal. Is that, is that the bottom of the day right there that we just got? In all these stocks, I don't know. How's, how's Beyond Meat doing? Pretty good um, on AMC. I'll tell you that if it can hold 30 now, it's going to be interesting. It just got back up above 30. Um, so we'll keep an eye on it. GameStop definitely taking a dip there. 
Yeah. Um, well, another one that I was looking at to see if it was going to get going today was BlackBerry. And it looks like it did. It, it got going a little bit yeah. there. Yeah. Not the worst one, but I'm keeping an eye on that one. That one's been one of those Reddit stocks that I could see start moving. And look at the daily chart. Three big candles with a lot of volume push into BB. You never know. This one can start really moving here. There's just wild stuff happening. Wild, wild stuff. All right, Mitch, I do want to let you go because I know you got to prepare for, for SPAC stack. Do you have anything else you want to share before you hop off? Yeah, guys, um, really quickly, I do want to point out that we did get technology start bouncing back today. Solar is not looking the worst. Um, health information, really semiconductors really starting to lead the queues back. I think that's what you got to keep your eyes on, guys. I think the queues is going for a 350 push. Um, as long as we can continue moving up on the queues, I'm going to keep continuing to dip on these growth names and looking for these rip up. Now, one of the things I'm noticing is we might not get those 40 to 50% returns that a lot of people are expecting. Um, and, and I can tell you that I, I, I can see it on the charts. You know, a lot of charts are, are showing that if it went back up to a heavy resistance, it would be a 30 to 40, 50% gain. And so one of the things I'm trying to find out here is if we're going to start ha having to find a little sweet spot in between there, not 50, maybe not 10, but somewhere in between there, there might be a sweet spot. So that's what I'll definitely tell traders out there. And, and I'm trying to work that sweet spot myself. So, All right, man. Go go prepare for SPACs. And yeah, guys. Stick yeah. around, guys. We're going to do a little beach body action. Get rid of that pandemic gut. You guys already know. Sweat it out. That hot yoga. You got it. Uh, who wants to see that Spencer running that hot yoga? You guys already know. Should we do like a Benzinga like virtual yoga class or something? Or class? I don't know. You know what? I, when I come to the office, we're doing it, Spencer. Okay. We're doing it. We're going to do a little morning yoga action. You already know. Drew's coming through. All right. Well, while you're at it, Mitch, just make sure the redirect is set so so the stream is good. Already did. All right. I'm just checking. I'm just checking. Swag. Hit Swag. the thumbs right. up, guys. We'll thumbs see you up, there. Thumbs up for Mitch. See, uh, see you, man. Uh, someone asked what's going on with the, the semis today, Intel. Uh, there was a headline. I, this is from Dell last night, I believe, right? Here, let me bring up my, uh, my Benzinga Pro. Where am I? Um, no, let's go to this tool. One second. All right. So Dell. No, Intel. Intel. Uh, Dell made a comment about the semi semiconductor constraints uh, extending into, uh, in, into next year. Uh, so you see Intel is down on that. Actually, if you look at a lot, a lot of semis today uh, are down. NVIDIA is not, weirdly enough. NVIDIA is up. But a lot of semis, it seems like, are, are, are down today. Um, if I can scroll here and probably catch catch a few of them. But, yeah, over just overall industry weakness, eh, maybe not. Maybe I stand corrected. I don't, I don't actually see any. Um, semis here on this list uh intel down though i think that was from the from the dell headline and somebody mentioned who was it uh in chat someone just mentioned ford and gm was that Hertz scrambler i can't find it anyway uh i think it was Hertz scrambler said ford and gm uh getting smacked yeah it was okay good good ford got to 15 dollars. unbelievable unbelievable this ford thing is insane why, why Why? am I so stupid, Drew? <laughs> why am I so dumb? Why do you feel so dumb, Spencer? Because selling is always dumb. I've learned. Selling is always why dumb. do I sell? Why do we sell when we just, just hold and make more money? Always keep a little. If you sell, it's okay. But just keep a little. Why didn't I do that? 
why did I sell? Why did I decide to be like, oh, okay, I made my money, I'm done. Selling is dumb. Good. Did you get in at seven thirty, forty, mid sevens, and I got out mid twelve. Or how long did you hold that though? It wasn't. It was. It was a few months. Okay. It it was nothing crazy, but God, ah, makes me so mad. Good. I'm glad to see see it down two and a half percent. Pissed me off. Yeah, shaving off the top is what I should have done. Should you're right. I should. I should have just. I should have. you know, sold out my cost basis and played with the house as money. But did I? No. You know why? Because and this is what this is. I'm not so mad that the stock is it kept going higher after I sold. That's not why I'm mad. Just to be clear, I'm mad because I wouldn't have sold if I had done an extra two seconds of research and had seen on their investor relations page that they're having their investor day like the next week. If I had and and some their Ford Plus event where they're going to talk about other uh, electrification and stuff, if I had just seen that on the calendar, I wouldn't have sold. But I didn't look. I didn't look. And it was it was out there. It was known. I just had no idea, and I sold it. And that's why I'm pissed because I'm mad at myself for not looking, not taking two seconds out of my day to look. It happens though. Can't, yeah, you can't beat yourself up about it. You gotta look for that next one, which might be. Microvision ticker symbol MVIS. I saw that thrown right. in the chat. Look, um, by Clyde W. Oh, so, man. going up above a nice support level here, pushing up this stock just a few cents, you know, in early 2020. And one of my buddies got in at 60 cents. Unfortunately, he sold super early, but would have been a millionaire. Would have no joke. He actually, he actually would have. Oh, you can't play that game though. We no. all have, we all have trades like that few thousand shares at 60 cents made, made some money but didn't make a milli shout out to meek mill shout out to soldier boy we dm'd you on twitter i don't know who did that but uh check your dm so yeah this thing is going up big here and you know it's above a lot of support obviously you know the reddit community pushed this thing to 32 i'm sure a lot of traders have their eye on that level now um it could run could run but it also could fall right back right we've seen it consolidate since then and what do you see, Bam? Call sweep thirty-seven at the ask makes sense. Um, shit, I was about to say, I don't even remember. Oh yeah, I wanted to look at I wanted to look at Hibbit Sports, HIBB. Oh, reversal, <laughs> reversal in progress. We are down on the day in HIBB. We got to ninety-six dollars. Was that? That was the pre-market, right? Yeah, that was the pre-market. We what do we open at? We opened at what? Uh, I hate this chart, this small chart, because I can't really see till we opened at. But uh, we, regardless, uh, here this is a better one over here. We opened at ninety-four fifty. We're at eighty-four dollars right now. Reversal inhibit. How how about dicks? Is, is uh, uh, a little bit, little bit on the way down. Little bit. What about the gap? Yeah, Ooh. retail. Retail reversal here. Very interesting. How about how about the reopening trade? Mm, Carnival down, UAL down, RCL, they're all down. Everything is down. So like, what is up today? If the market is up, the S&P is up, the QQQ is up, the Dow Jones is up. Is it just healthcare? Is it just XLV? <laughs> I'm trying to find like what what exactly is up today? Uh, what stocks of of 
of note of importance. Like AMC is not like AMC is fun, but AMC is not a big piece of the indexes. So AMC is not going to move the market. Yeah. It's looking like healthcare is definitely leading semis, you know, also looking pretty solid, you know, Nvidia up 3% CRM, not really a semi, but software 6% healthcare is looking all green. Um, industrial is kind of red tech is very mixed, right? A lot of these smaller companies, you know, starting to sell off, um, more money going to more blue chip of the, of the tech. Like, like what, like at, like, like Apple, how's Apple doing it? In, in, in the face of that downgrade, Apple's itself. flat. Apple's uneventful. Uneventful. Adobe, one point five percent. Microsoft, okay. a half a percent. Oh, AMD. Kevin Costello, CVS is what I've been meaning to look at for for a hot second here. Let's let's zoom out on CVS. What a run it's had. What a run. Look at CVS, man. What a run. It's up one percent today, but. Second, I'm just helping Mitch out with one thing. I'm, no worries. I, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> I was just I was distracted talking to Mitch. Um, and and they're going to start the stream up in a few minutes. Just FYI. So Drew and I are going to hop off. They're going to start a few minutes early. And um, I've been on the stream since eight eight a.m. So I, I, <laughs> I need uh, I need some water or something. Uh, I'm not like um, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Uncle Bruce is that his name? That guy who just uh, streams on YouTube for like hours on end. I, that ain't me. I, I'm not. No, that is you. You're, uh, you're basically I, there. That that ain't me. That that that, that ain't me. What Dude, I it? don't even look at my email today. This is. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I'm terrified to do that. Um, all right, let's just hang out for a couple more minutes, and then, then, then we'll hop off. Uh, Patrick Boyer, where is their stream? Their stream, first off, uh, YouTube.com/slash Benzinga. But you won't have to do anything. I'm going to end my stream uh, right as their stream is starting. So this stream is going to redirect straight to that. But if for whatever reason, here, I'll share my screen. If for whatever reason you, you, you don't trust the YouTube redirect, that's fine. Let me bring up my, my screen and you can, I'll show you exactly where to find it. You go to YouTube.com slash Benzinga. Here's our YouTube page. You can see we're live right now. Scroll down. Upcoming live streams, bada bing, bada bing, bada boom, beach body, spack, takeover. By the way, shout out to Mitch for the uh, creative thumbnail there. Nice job. These are all our streams scheduled that we have uh, for, for today. And actually, I should mention, guys, next week is going to be a, a bit of a strange week. So not only are we off on Monday, but we have our next Cannabis Capital Conference. You can see those four streams there. Our next cannibal, Cannabis Capital Conference, Thursday and Friday from 9 a.m., uh, I think, until about 5. So no shows next week after pre-market prep. We've got uh, – for Thursday and Friday, we'll do pre-market prep at normal time. Then we got Cannabis uh, Capital Conference for two days, Thursday and Friday. Executives from uh, Canopy Growth will be there, uh, IIPR. Uh, names that you know, right? Big, big names in the industry that you know. Uh, Two-day event next Thursday and Friday. To learn more, uh, here, I'll put the link up on the screen. Uh, let me make sure I have the right one first. I do. Yep. Learn more. bzcannabis.com. Again, it's a free event 
for retail investors to, to watch on YouTube. If you are uh, an institutional or accredited investor, you can get one-on-one -on -one time with these executives uh, here. Let's go to the, the site for, for next week. There it is, right? BZCannabis.com. Learn more. You can watch it for free on our YouTube next Thursday and Friday. So that means we basically only have two days next week of normal stuff. We've got uh, the the holiday on Monday. Obviously, we're not going to be here. I mean, maybe Drew might be, but, uh, but I won't be here. Um, and then normal stuff Tuesday, Wednesday. No programming after pre-market prep Thursday and Friday. So no SPACs, no power hour, no good technical, nothing like that. Um, we only do three of these a year, guys. Um, three cannabis events a year. We had the first one already. This is the second one. There, if if you're someone like me that like likes the space a lot, like like the reason I'm invested in in the four cannabis stocks that I am is because I first heard about them at our own event, right? I I own I own Cresco, Cure Leaf, True Leaf, Green Thumb, and I first learned about them at our conference. So check it out. Um, a lot of fundamental information gets dropped. They're basically, it's basically just an entire day of panels and investor presentations. So if you're into the space, cannot recommend it enough. BZCannabis.com. Okay. Uh, that's all I had to say about that. Anything else you want to add, Drew, before we hop off? Yeah, I'll just plug it a little bit myself. That, yeah. That's going to be a great event. You guys do not want to miss that. Spencer's definitely hyping up for good reasons. So stay tuned. Definitely sign up. Check it out. And reserve your seat. Yep. Uh, all right. Let me make sure that the SPACs guys are live. I don't want to leave before before they um, uh, before they go live because I want to make sure that um, there's no there's no dead air. Definitely. Microvision. I know we might be hopping off here any second, cool. but Microvision coming to an all day high. Call me Mr. Drew Day Trader. Um, Mr. Drew Day Trader. <laughs> all right. I'll call you. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's on a little bit of a run up. I think a dollar since I called it around seventeen fifty. But this thing is, you know, it's kind of near a high. If it breaks that eighteen fifty, this thing could really run. If you're uh, if you're into the day trading, hey, wait, what about Playboy PLBY? <laughs> this thing, wow. this is the one spec that can't go down. I don't know why. Maybe it's an NFT thing. I have no idea. But. I this spec can't go down. It can't stay down. You can't keep it down. I don't know. Yeah. I, don't know. I like a uh, tattooed chef for a spec that has really performed well post merger. Um, it's wait, 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 wait. When was the merger? It was late 2020. I want to say don't know the exact okay. date on that. Well, it, performing well, you mean like relative to everybody else? Cause it's, it's, it's down. Yeah. It didn't really dump. I mean, it, right. it, I mean, it, it dumped. Up, it, it, <laughs> it done pretty hard. That's not. It got down below sixteen. That's yeah. <laughs> well, it stayed, it stayed above ten. I guess if that's what you're saying. Uh, yeah, I mean it's a low bar to clear. That is a low bar to clear. But you know, some some haven't been able to do it. Some have, and I think uh, all this is uh, post merger. So it did hold. It pulled back, and now it's kind of starting to make another run. So I know some some people in the chat were calling that out. So that looks pretty solid as well. One last thing before we hop on AMC, uh, whether this is a short squeeze uh, or not, if it is a short squeeze, who the hell, Drew, who the hell is short AMC? Like, obviously, I, like, I, I, we'll get new data, I think, in the next next few days, up to updated short interest data from FINRA. But, like, who in, in God's name 
to short the stock. Why would anybody short AMC? You are liable to get your face ripped off. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of day traders, I think, that do come in short early on. That's when you, you like kind of see from pre-market, it, it really moves up. And then there's a parabolic move. And then, you know, kind of reverses and does all this crazy stuff. So I think it could be due to a lot of day traders. And look at GME, right? When that thing went up, they added cash to their accounts and then they shorted it even harder, right? These guys in Wall Street, you know, who's the real degenerates? No, just kidding. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's, it's a crazy move, right? People, they put their money where their mouth is and they make some wild moves. Yeah, and we should also know that AMC just diluted the hell out of their shareholders in the last year and uh, just has a ton of debt. Anyway, whatever. I can't talk about this anymore. No, that was not a pun. I realized it after the fact, guys. A pun not intended on the on the Playboy thing. All right. Uh, Dr. Drew Levine, a.k.a. Dyslexic Drew, thank you so much for hanging out with me. If not for you, I would have been just by myself with, with our beautiful uh, viewers here for the last um, hour or so. So I appreciate your time, man, and we'll hop off and we'll talk in real life and, re- and in person. But good to see you, man. Thanks a lot. Yeah, thanks for inviting me out. Take care, guys. All right. Uh, guys, it's going to be a wrap for me. I've been on the stream since 8 a.m. this morning, so I'm tired. I'm going to hop. The SPAC stream has started. I'm going to end. It'll redirect straight to SPAC's attack. But again, YouTube.com slash Benzinga to find that stream. Uh, how many likes are we at? We had 500 likes. We're not. We're at 498. Come on. Come, guys, I'm not. I, I, I will sit here in silence if I have to until we get to 500 likes. I'm just going to. Okay, we're, we're there. Thank you. I didn't actually want to do that. All right. Thanks. Thanks a lot, guys, for hanging out. I appreciate it. Again, please remember all the information from our show. All of our shows, actually, are meant to be used as informational purposes, not for investing or training advice. Please hit that like button. Hit subscribe. Click on the link in the description to enter the contest on how to win a free share of Tesla. SPAC's attack stream up right now. Everyone have a good rest of your day, and I will see you uh, down the road. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.